Yo, crooks, criminals just filled with a bunch of bad bitches, huh? Damn, y'all baddies. Nah, I could tell. I could tell. I've actually had some encounters where people are like, yo, we turned on your podcast and like there was nothing playing. And I was like, no, it's just because you're not a bad bitch enough to listen to it. But I want you to know that if you listen to this, yeah, it's a bad bitch, okay? But on this episode, I get a longtime homie, a nice, real nice person, real genuine, down to earth, one of a kind foes, Storm Possum. Known this fool for a fat minute ever since uh, I'll start baseball back. So long ago, once upon a time. But I'm gonna. Ha- I'm already saying this. Like we're gonna have to do a part two, Storm. We're gonna have to do a part two. Episodes killer. Talk about a lot. We need to talk about more. But let's get to the episode. Last thing. Be nice to one another. Be safe because the world's crazy. And fuck twelve. <laughs> Crazy, like it's gonna I'd be stationary. Like, I wouldn't get like, cause like my first camera, like the one I used to shoot around with, like senior year. That one was a camcorder, and like I didn't know. As much about like gear as I do, and I still like, as far as like drummer circle go, like went. Yeah, Juan was the one that knew the gear. Like I kind of just knew the shot, what I wanted to do, how I wanted to shoot it. But it's like you had the vision, but right. And like so, senior year, I just bought this camcorder because I was like, oh, I don't want to buy it. My stepdad's a photographer. That would have been much better off like getting one of his cameras. Yeah, of course. But uh, I just bought a camcorder because I was like, oh, that looks like that's what's gonna be good. Then when I start shooting with it around school, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's not the kind of image quality I need. Yeah, I feel you. Um, that was, did a lot of it have to do with uh, it's um, like moving. Yeah, and it, and like Sony and Canon, like so Sony is what me and Juan shot with, and that's a mirrorless. Hold on, be- before we get uh-huh. deeper into this type of shit, um, Crooks Layer, what's up, guys? Uh, this episode, I got a longtime homie. Like, dog, we played uh, we played All-Star, All-Star baseball, baseball with the, the dogs. dogs. Man, what was your name? Because we get Storm a- Dog. Storm Dog? Yeah. Clever. I had Wiener Dog. <laughs> I had Wiener Dog. I was number 32, dog. I still remember that till this day. I only, yeah, I only remember, like, I remember yours. I, Nico was what? Was Nico Shiner? Or what was Nico's? I think Shiner Dog or? Sh- Shriner. Shiner Dog? Yeah, because he got a black eye like yeah. a practice. Yeah. <laughs> and then I got that. I got a solid ass black guy mid season, and I, I was like, that. I need that name. Like, but storm. I mean, it's easy to like make nicknames. Like, I don't have any other nicknames other than my name, so it's just like, oh, storm dog. Like, That's fair. I, I've been Chris my whole life. I remember. Well, like, and I remember my dad. Like, I was trying so hard to like think of other nicknames because I'm like, I go like my name's Storm. I don't want it to just be oh, my name. Yeah, guys, this is Storm Possum, by the way. What's up? And. uh I remember my dad was like, no, like Storm Dog's fine. And I was just kind of like, okay, whatever. What would you have chosen if you could I go back to this I, day? I remember I had a whole bunch of ideas. I don't remember. I Any can't of tell them? you one. I think I had like, I think Junkyard Dog was one of them. Don't bet us. Because like, I loved like vintage wrestling and Junkyard Dog I used to play as a lot. In, like, okay, old I wrestling see. games. But like I had a bunch. But my dad and like, my, they're like, oh, come on, like Storm Dog. Like they just kind of, I don't know. My family is weird about they it. They peer pressured you. Yeah, and you for doing sure. It. I don't know. But yeah, I had Wiener Dog because that was probably, I think I was about nine. So this was in 2006. 
And in 2004, I got my first dog, and it was Smokey, and he was a wiener dog. Oh, yeah. So I remember choosing wiener dog because of him. Super, like, I, I think about this all the time. So what, that's like, what, third grade we started in the dogs? or mm, Yeah. Nine, yeah. yeah. Third remember, or four or some shit like that. So when, when I did trials for the dogs, and, like, I loved baseball as a kid, for sure. That was, like, my grandpa's sport, and, like, a couple of my uncles and cousins were, like, heavy in baseball. But, like, my dad, all he, like, he did kickboxing, that was it. So, like, as a kid, baseball was, like, the sport you kind of did as, like, a possum. But I just, I don't know. Like, I wasn't a fan. When I was trying out, I was just like, I don't know. Like, maybe it'll be fun. And then I found out about the boxing gym that I ended up joining three years later. Yeah. That year. And my dad's like, you well, you can only can, you can only do it if you don't make the team. So I remember that night Dog, I got a call. No way. I made the team. And I'm like, okay, like I guess I'll do baseball. But I think about that all the time. Like if I would have started boxing three years younger, like because that was the year like the homie Wiley started. Yeah. You know, I started in sixth grade. Wiley started because you have to start at eight. Wiley started when he was eight. Like if I would have started back then when we like and done it my whole childhood. Yeah, of course. I think about that all the time, which like I don't know why I do it to myself. But That's crazy. I, I was I thought that was going a whole other direction where like you got a phone call that you made the team, but then I you told your dad you're like, yo, dad, I didn't make it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you, you're doing this whole fake scenario, and then you're like, oh wait, he actually did play on the team though. Yeah, that's no, crazy. It, I I I don't. It was weird, like because I was happy, but I was just like. So when did know. you start? Boxing. Yeah. S- summer before sixth grade. So Which right was right before like, it was like later? a couple weeks before we started sixth grade. Yeah. Two or three years later. Yeah. Then. Yeah. I mean, two or three more years under mm-hmm. your belt. Yeah, exactly. And like, I don't when, know. Like, when did you stop playing baseball? I stopped. I mean, that was my last All Star year. I did city league for a couple years after that, like on and off. Uh huh. And we had Poston LLC that my dad sponsored. Uh, like the summer after the dogs. Yeah. We went undefeated. It was me, Nico, my little cousin Colton, my brother. But we had Nico. It's pretty much the main reason we went undefeated. <laughs> like city league, but I don't know. I that was I don't know. All Star was a cool experience, like traveling and stuff. Yeah. But I that was the year that I was like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to do this. Like baseball just wasn't for me. I don't know if it was like the coaching or what. Like yeah. I loved AJ. Nico's dad was like super cool, but I don't know. That was just. I feel you. A lot. Of, yeah. A lot of it is wanting to do it too, because right. like you said, you found out about that yeah. that boxing gym. So I'm sure, like throughout the whole time, in the back of your mind, you're just yeah. like boxing, boxing. And I wasn't super good. Like that's why I was like, kind of like, oh, I might not make it. I might be able to, to I might box. be able to box. Yeah. And then I'm like, <laughs> yeah. oh man, like I made it because I wasn't like super good. And I think a lot of it, I was like pretty shy, like kind of insecure about things like that. So yeah. I just, I don't know. Like I thought I wasn't that good, so I just kind of wasn't that good. But. So you kind of just let yourself like psych you out of it. Yeah, I think so. so. Do, you, do you think that kind of stopped you from like even progressing in the sport? I think so because like my cut, my older cousins were really good at baseball. Yeah, and that like kind of put pressure on because my grandpa Marty, Marty and Willie. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, I don't know. Like that was my grandpa's thing. Like was like yeah. you play baseball, and Marty and Willie's dad was super into it. And so it was kind of like a pressure. Like oh no, I feel you. But like I don't know, and. So I just, I don't know, it just wasn't for me. But I think about that all the time. Like, man, if what I would have started boxing then. Like, Dude, there's so many what ifs. Oh, yeah. There's always what ifs. And that's the crazy thing is that there is so many, but for some mm-hmm. reason I always go back to that one. It's you know, weird. You know how I, or how I mentioned that at the end of um, the episode with Nikki that we got pretty deep? Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, that I I kind of touch base on like always thinking about what ifs. Like if I, if I like look back on my life, Doug, there's so many what ifs. Just yeah. to name off a couple, is um, a lot of them are like towards the end of like high school yeah. and like no, for sure. how much because like basically like through school like your shit was set. That's a big what you were gonna do, that, right? Yeah, for sure. But after that, so much has changed. Like. What if I tried playing college baseball right. after high school? No, for sure. What if, um, like, I tried to work things out with my ex right. instead of letting stuff right. just fade out? Yeah. Like, what if I tried to fix that? Um, what if I never, or what if I stayed in Boise and never went to that never job in Washington? To, yeah. Like, there's so many what ifs. And obviously, like, what has happened, happened because it was supposed to happen. Yeah, like I, I, I believe I, that too. I, yeah, think I think things are the things that happen were supposed to happen, yeah. and my reasoning behind that is because they happened for sure. That's, so that's another big one for me. Like I, as far as like high school goes, I do wonder like, what if? Because I got accepted to uh, Moscow for the architecture program. You a vibe, baby? Yeah, and I I don't know. I was like super in, and I still am like super in designing houses. That's what my dad, my dad's a building inspector, designed all the houses that I grew up in, built all of them. And so I was super like excited to do that, but it just didn't feel, I don't know, me devoting my time so heavy to something when all I wanted to really do was go into film and stuff like that. Yeah. So that's a major one. Like what if I would have gone to U of I, done architecture? But then there's, you know, I'm, I always think, what if I would have just took a risk? gone to say LA, gone to film school, gone to even a closer film school. Yeah. But I don't know. That's but then I just think the same thing. Like it all it happened for a reason. And oh, I yeah. do think that like this path of like no non film school filmmaking is it's huge right now. And I think it's uh it's a really good way to kind of make sure you you put in the work yourself to yeah. kind of make sure you get to where you want to be. But it's like it's risky, it's super, super scary, but that is something for sure I think about all the time. Yeah, I feel you. Like I saw this um, this article. No one quote me on this because I just skimmed over it because like, I really like Elon Musk. Yeah, for sure. So so any any article that I see no, his name sure. on, like, I'll dip into it and just skim it. And I saw this one that he said that um, companies shouldn't really rely on college degrees because that just shows that yeah. they, they know how to – Oh, they know responsibility. Yeah, but that doesn't really show that they know the the subject at hand. So it's like like having they, a college they, degree. It shows that like you you they know, know how to. They know studying for it. Yeah, they know studying, and they know how to turn things in on time. Right. How do you create projects and just shit, yeah. shit like that? So yeah. like it proves responsibility, but like actual knowledge in the subject. Yeah, like you can't take a college degree. And think that this person knows what right. they're and doing. That's, and that's kind of with everything is you kind of, and I not trying to diss on people who go to college for sure. I went to college for a little bit, but. Um, Bro, I went to college for a year and you it, know, you know, we fucked up Boise. And by we, I mean <laughs> me and by fucked up, I mean, didn't fuck up at all. <laughs> we, uh, I don't know. Like I, I went to college. I, I went CSI when I graduated for a year. Yeah. We gra- uh, Joe graduated and cheered for ISU. We moved up to Pokey, mm-hmm. and that's really like I did pretty good in my first semester at CSI. That was like that was like that was like twenty. 
That was 2016. Oh, super weird fact. Chris, I don't know if you know this. We graduated five years ago today. Today? Today. Five this years. This was recorded on... May 28th. Thursday, May 28th. Thursday, May 28th. I saw today on my Facebook. Today? Memories. Yes. Bro, five years ago. Yes. And, all right, we graduated, and then and then we had the, the, the senior lock-in night. Yeah. That was crazy. That was cool. It was cr- It was fun. I liked it. That was... It's weird though, like graduating. It's weird to think back on stuff graduating like that. is weird, like you and you're so anticipated, and you hear all these people that are like, "Oh, you're gonna miss it," and like I don't care who you are, you there's a rare amount of people that are like, "Oh, I don't miss that," because they just yeah. had a miserable experience. Uh-huh. But you do. I mean, it's like you don't see a lot of your friends after that. Mm-hmm. You don't have. I mean, responsibility goes up ninety five percent. Crazy. I think. I think responsibility. I don't know if it goes up, but it definitely changes. You you. Yeah. Like what yeah. your responsibility for? Because you you got you got to turn in your homework. Right. You got to get good grades on this test. Right. Um. If you do a sport, you got to get to practice and you right. got to show up to the games and all this. And now I feel like it's you just changed more. aspects. Yeah, for sure. Like your responsibility is a lot more major. Like you have mm-hmm. you have the same amount of responsibility, but it's like there's a bigger downfall. Test. Yeah. Now it's like my failed test or my failed quiz. It's like oh, I may not be able to play this weekend. Right. Now it's like oh, I might not make a car payment it's like oh like, shit they might take my <laughs> they might take so, my house from yeah. you no for sure so but, yeah i feel that but like back to the college thing like i did okay my first semester just because i was like i you're fresh out of school so you're oh, used yeah. to it and then you kind of start getting used to you free you realize that you have a lot more freedom right and then my my first semester of college is when i met juan we started dreamer circle yeah and so my second semester wait what is dreamer circle dreamer circle Okay, so when I was 18, which I graduated at 17. Yeah, because your birthday's in August. Yes, that's what what I said. That's what he meant. And uh, Dreamer Circle, I, so for a lot of you people that don't know me, um, I make make videos, I make film. uh, That's what I'm passionate about, that's what I want to do. But, uh, and we'll we'll touch on that later. I mean, we we got time. But I met, I wanted to start making more videos and uh, just kind of commercial stuff and like, I don't know, just films, short films, advertisements, stuff like that. And I ran into a Facebook post of a dude named Juan Rangel that's, I think, two years older than us in school. And uh, two or three. And he went to Burley. We went to Minico. And it was like, hey, it was this drone video he did. And he's like, anybody that's looking to like work with people that, want to inspire and want to express themselves just kind of this big post and kind of putting like, okay, himself out yeah. there i was like i know who i i know who this kid is his sister was i think a year a year younger than us like i know who he is yeah and i was like oh dope so i hit him up and like i to me i like saw that i was like oh whoa like this is that's exactly what i'm looking for yeah i guess meant to be so i hit him up we met like we had a couple like meetings like met for coffee and stuff and like we really clicked and what we kind of coffee come- did you order <sighs> I think back then it wasn't even like super heavy on coffee. I might have got like a smoothie or something. I bet. A caramel apple smoothie maybe. <laughs> but, uh, like we met up and like we just clicked. Like and Juan's still one of my really close homies. Yeah. But, um, so we started like the first videos we started doing. We just kind of started filming stuff around town. Um, I had my camcorder. He had he was he had the drone and another camera that we used for backup. And we filmed just kind of anything. We'd film like a buddy of his like shuffling. Like, which I mean, like, yo, those shuffle crews were big back then. Yeah, and this is like four years past that. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, you right, but, uh, you right. It was like vintage, you know. Yeah. Um, and then we just like film like stuff. I don't know stuff around town. 
while we kind of just worked on a big, like what we really wanted to do. And then we just, I mean, we started doing stuff for my dad's motorcycle club and kind of as practice. And then the year after that, when I moved to Pocatello, we did a documentary yeah. on the Toy Run. It's a big charity event they do. Yeah, and, I remember uh, that. that. That was a really and cool And that was cool. That was like a cool experience, like one of the best experiences of my life, like up to that point. Because we did, it's something that I grew up with. Of course. And uh, for a bunch of you who don't know, the Toy Run is my dad's motorcycle club that he's in, Brother Speed. Uh, they buy toys for the Christmas Council here, which gives them out to underprivileged families. And I think the last couple of years, it's been like $30,000 worth of toys. That's and, so awesome. Uh, it started over tw- like 21 years ago now, 22 years ago. And it started with like $1,100 and like yeah. taking the, the toys to individual houses themselves. And so it's just really grown. So like growing up with that, it was really cool to kind of, I think we did it on the 19th year was the documentary. Yeah. And we filmed it and kind of talked about how it came to be and we did interviews and that was like the biggest, that was the biggest project and still like as far as like some aspects go, that's the biggest project I've done to date mm-hmm. because I had so many moving pieces. Like it was, we had to get, go to like the archives, get like old pictures yeah, when of it course. started. We had to interview different people, people from the community, um, the people from the Christmas council, different club members, like stuff like that. And so it was really cool. Like I loved working on that project and I'd come down from Pocatello where I was living and like stay at Wands working till like three in the morning and oh, yeah. then crashing my parents and like Oh yeah. When yeah. when you're working on something that you really fucking enjoy, yeah. you don't you don't care how much time you spend no, on it. You're just and so excited for people to see it. Yeah, you also don't care on what time you lose. Yeah. Cause no, no joke, there will be times I like I get up at four thirty every yeah. day to go to work, yeah. right? But there will be times where I'm on my laptop making a song or like editing a podcast until like twelve thirty. Yeah. Sometimes even one. For sure. I hate myself the next day, but that's it. That next day, I'll do the same shit. I'll say this: like I, I, I tell a lot of people because, and I, th- I tell a lot of people that like don't create. You know, people that don't make music or don't mm-hmm. make video. There is like nothing really in this world more pleasing than when you get to push that upload button. Like for oh, you, when yeah. you, when you get to upload a song, oh, like, yeah. tell me if I'm lying. Like when you post it or when you're like, if you post something on YouTube and you're waiting for it to export mm-hmm. and you wait or you're exporting it from the computer, waiting for it to render. And- I, I, I think that that upload feels good, but exporting, I yeah. think I, uh, that I get that same feeling that yeah. you're talking about yeah, yeah, because at that point it's just like, okay, you can, that's the first point where you good. can relax and lean back uh-huh. unless you get like an air pops up, which happens all the time. Like if you're doing big videos, it'll always happen. But, uh, yeah, that feeling of exporting a video, typing in your description if it's a video, or typing in the title if it's a song. Or yeah, like pushing, for this podcast, like I'll upward. try to, I, I'll try to get a good description. But like, damn, sometimes I'm not gonna lie, man. Sometimes when I'm doing the description, I'm like, fuck, why do I have to say so? Why does this person do so much? Right, you know I gotta I mean? type no, so much. Sure. But like, there's so we uh, worked on that like crazy. And one, when we were doing Dreamer Circle, really a lot of it was like. Juan was making really good money, so he would just start splurging on gear. Like he's like, dude, he'd call me one week, dude, look what I got. We get home, and that was the first time like we got a Ronin that a stabilizer. So we yeah, shot yeah. like the toy run shopping, and he'd call me back, dude, look like that, just crazy shit. And a lot of what he does at work as a, he's an IT guy is he had a lot of access to drones and stuff. So he okay. you know buy drones. And, I'm sure he even got that hefty discount too, probably. Right, yeah, for sure. Oh, nice. And so, and then me, like it was kind of like I set up. All the shoots we did, you know, really, like I did the editing. Um, we were shooting, we shot with my camera at the time. And it was just like, it was a good trade-off. Like we take turns, ed- I'd really like, I'd do the editing as far as like layout. 
uh, and then Juan would kind of like mess with color, mess with sound, stuff FX like that. FX and yeah. shit like that. And uh, it was a good trade off. Once I'd leave, then the next day Juan would do the color, you know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So we worked on this for weeks or months. And then we were going to do a premiere, which I was like, I was so psyched for. And uh, we, can- we had to cancel it the first time because there was a huge flood from Pocatello to Burley that flooded the freeway. That whole valley? Yeah, like that whole valley. And so we pushed it off a couple weeks, and, it, and then we ended up doing it in like February, I think. And we did a premiere, um, with like five bucks a head or something, donations and stuff. Yeah, we did it at the Brother Speed Clubhouse, and that was just like kind of dressed up, you know. Yeah, that was such a cool moment because people we had it on a big TV in the front. There was chairs set up, and people were like so silent, like people were crying at certain parts. Like it was like that was a crazy experience. Yeah, and I think we made like thousand bucks or something that's awesome yeah we were like crazy and so we bought all kinds of gear with that and then shot our first wedding which that was kind of at the time weddings were like okay this will be easy this will be like we're able to save money up for gear yeah but it's just a whole i mean that's really i got weddings for like so long and it honestly kind of like beat me up mentally and like Cause you get kind of in the rat race of it. You start making really good money doing it, and you start really liking editing. You know, those first couple of weddings, it's really cool to kind yeah. of kind editing of, somebody's love. You know, what I mean? oh yeah, You're definitely kind of translating that. And but, you want you want to piece their love together as best as you can. Yeah. So and I loved it, and like, and I wanted to edit. Uh, I kind of edited most of the weddings. Juan edited a couple of them, but uh, I burnt out. We started doing that, and like quinces and stuff like that, and it burnt me out. Like I bet you got Hispanic as fuck doing them quinces. Yeah, and I mean it helped. Like I grew up with mostly his, Hispanic friends. Oh yeah, but, oh yeah. <laughs> but, dude, and it was and like the thing. Crazy thing is, is we'd go and Juan, you know, speaks fluent Spanish. Yeah, of course. So you know, he'd do most of the talking when he needed to. I was always kind of an outsider at him. Like they, you know, like I didn't really understand. And it was like it's sitting there for so long. I can't understand the music. Like, but but I'm having fun. But then you start editing them, and you're editing a quince. For and a lot of like the uh, Hispanic families that buy a quince, they'd want like the highlight video, which is like what our specialty was. Yeah. Then they'd want like a two-hour version of everything cut together, so they could send it to their family that lives at, like in Mexico, of in course, the United states. And that was, I mean, when you're editing, and anybody like makes me, it's like you, like I'm sure when you're even working on a track, there's times where like you're going back and forth, you're like, I'm sick of hearing this part. Like this is this. Oh is yeah. Every time I open when my I edit, laptop, when, when you're editing a quince. And, you know, the songs are kind of catchy at first, but you start going back and you've heard this song for the 50th time. Mm-hmm. It's like, but it, it really burnt me out. And like, it took me, it took me a while to like understand it, but it was putting me in like a really, really dark place, like working on projects that were originally supposed to start like getting me money for projects I wanted to work on. Yeah. And it was just taking me away from that. It was, I was in a hamster wheel. It's consuming you? Yeah. It was in a, I was in a hamster wheel just doing these projects, getting referrals one after the other and just... And that's kind of when me and Juan split. Uh, we did a quince was our last project we shot together. Yeah, and well, as Dreamer Circle, and then um, he kind of came to me and was like, you know, he was he was kind of burnt out with the whole thing too. Uh, he felt there was a disagreement at first. Uh, he felt kind of like kind of wronged in the fact that a lot of the gear was his, and I felt kind of wronged in the fact I was doing a lot of the work. Yeah, but like we, and then we didn't talk for I don't know a couple of weeks couple months but then we both got over our bullshit of course started hanging out editing stuff together he's done a couple projects with me since but we i mean i could never have anything bad to say about the guy because we really started i mean we started 
a huge thing together at a young age at a too super young age i think uh-huh. i was 18 juan was 20 when we started and like it, it was crazy for like a little bit it was like yeah. and like it's crazy that it's only it's only it's been like four years but so much has changed in four years where like now there's so many people and like younger than us that make youtube videos and make but we were kind of I don't want to say we started a trend, but we were kind of the first to do it in this area. Honestly, that's that's kind of more or less one thing I'm really happy I started this podcast for was because I've had a couple people ask me right. like, "Hey, like I'm I want to start a podcast." Yeah, and I'm like, "Dog, do it. Yeah, 100% do it. If for you sure. need help, let me know. Yeah, because I I think it's really cool is like being not as I mean, uh, to use like a worse word, like influencer. Yeah, I think it's really cool, like showing people that, like, honestly, it ain't hard. It's like, not hard. I was explaining to you the type of gear that I have, right. and I think I spent in total, in total, probably like under five hundred. Yeah, and that's the crazy thing. To, you produce like, it for five hundred bucks and, to start this podcast. It's like absolutely unlimited the amount of people that can listen to it because yeah. SoundCloud's free. For anybody who wants to listen. Yeah, exactly. And you pay what? It's 120 bucks. you said? I pay 120 a year for, for unlimited year. uploads. And as far as gear goes, you got like 300 bucks. Uh, to more or less. More or less. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you already had your laptop. I already had my laptop. Right. I already had the music you program. You had the program. So within the span of the last yeah. five years, like, I mean, yeah, but... I mean, the, the biggest purchase I made was my laptop, was laptop, and I bought that brand new. So, right. like, you know, that was hefty on Which the kind of a, like on the wallet. It's a but, good thing to have, yeah. Yeah, but other than that, like everything, everything else was under five hundred bucks. No, like my music program was three fifty. Right. Uh, my audio interface, yeah, was one forty. These mics were sixty. Right. And on top of that, um, well, the, with SoundCloud, like it's free to upload, yeah. but you only have 300 minutes. So with the premium, oh, which okay. is unlimited yeah, yeah. Uh, upload you time, which is, is 120 that, a year. Okay. So that's three. So on the other one, you have 300 minutes a year? Yeah. For the free one, you have okay. 300 minutes complete. So not not just be a like, year. You'd be able to get like three of your podcasts out. Dude. Oh, yeah. yeah. By the third what, episode. You'd be able to like, get Drew's okay. out and that's it. <laughs> just Drew's <laughs> talk. That episode was so long. Dude, I listened to the whole thing because I, I like listen and like, and people at work think I'm weird, but like I'll listen to like podcasts uh-huh. or like comedy specials at work. Like just while I'm driving around the heister, Comedy's I listened to to yours and Drew's special. I started it like a couple hours before I got out of work the first night, mm-hmm. and then I list I finished it the next next morning. Yeah, and it like I was able to because obviously like those are two of my homies, so it's like it's like I'm hanging out with you guys. But I think even if I wasn't like I kept thinking about that. I think even even if I didn't know the two of you, mm-hmm. it was so easy to listen to. Yeah, honestly, I liked it because we went into that episode. Right. Not not having an agenda or yeah. anything. We just started talking because like he mentioned in that episode, like we're, like, we're homies and we've been homies. Yeah. Uh, we don't talk a lot, but when we meet up, it's like we just pick up where it's we love, left yeah. off. And that's what that was. And like I really enjoyed that. Was a that cool, and, yeah, and like I think that podcast was a perfect example of that because obviously the main thing – so Drew Marin is who we're talking about. If you haven't heard that podcast, ba- Baby Cakes out. Drew. Uh, I believe Drew's it's a really episode, good friend of mine. Episode three? Yeah, I yeah. think it's your third episode one. Episode three, yeah. Baby Cakes Drew. Because the first one was with your brother and this girl, right? Yeah, the second one was the second one was Moldy with, Rangoons okay. or Cup Tunes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, but Drew uh, ran a YouTube channel, and he was one of my best friends forever, su- still super close. And uh, he ran a YouTube channel called For the Culture, and he's, as far as like people I know, he's like so insightful and like hip hop music and 
stuff like that. So For the Culture was a music review channel. But him and Drew did their podcast. And I think, what, you didn't talk about music until, what, 30 minutes? And, and really, like, it was lightly, I think maybe 30% of the podcast, 20% of the podcast touched Honestly, on music. Honestly, dog, not even. Okay, 20. I'll give maybe. 20. But a lot of the... A lot and it was of the, what? How long? Like two hours and 40 minutes? It was like... Oh, yeah. It was long. It was pushing three. But that's like the perfect example of what he says. Like, they got there kind of like not knowing what they're talking about. Obviously, music's going to come up. And for two hours and 20 minutes just bullshit about what love being homies like baseball days just stuff baseball, like that yeah yeah and it was just easy to talk about it was it, that was a really fun episode and honestly it turned out way better than i thought it, it was, was so good to. yeah way better good. and what i liked is like we like we didn't stop talking like no. we had so much to talk about just because sure. we haven't kicked it in forever right and it was just really fun yeah it's like and that's what i went and reviewed the podcast after that I don't know if you ever saw it. Did you ever see my review? No. I did on Apple, you post it? On Apple. You posted on Apple? I did an Apple. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm go a, check I'll that find out. it. I'm going to try to. I, I don't know if I can find it. Can I find reviews that I've done? Um, Maybe. I'll go to my library. I'll go to my subscription. Crooks Lair. I don't know if I have. Let's see. If I go to the Crooks Lair page. I'm trying to find. There should be. Oh, reviews. Here we go. I said it's like hanging out with. Oh, I, I can't read the whole thing, but um, um, I can't read the whole the whole title. How, how long is it? Uh, I can read the whole review, but like the title, I can't read the whole. Oh, thing. Okay, yeah, yeah, I can't see. I the whole said title if too. you know Chris, it's like getting to chill with him. If you don't, it gives you a glimpse of what being friends with him would be like. Super relatable and easy to listen to. Bro, someone gave me a one star on that episode. On that episode, let's find them. No, I think it's just on my. I gave it on my whole whole podcast in general. Honestly, that that one star. I, I said it's like hanging it. out with the boys. That's what I said. Oh, I see. I bet that one star honestly comes from someone who just doesn't like me, and that's yeah, cool if you don't like me. But just fuck off and mind your own Dude, business. People did that. I think there's. If you go to the documentary and like, let's see. People do that on all kinds of. It's yeah. It's, I think I think when it comes to hating and like, <laughs> I mean. You have the right to hate anything you want. Absolutely. But I also think if it's not your cup of tea, just turn your cheek and walk the other 100%. way. 100%. If like, it, I mean, that's the thing that's like, it's probably is someone that knows you because. And they just don't someone, like me. If that's someone it. was listening, they're like, ah, oh, this ain't my shit. I don't, I can't speak for everybody, but like, I feel like most people, if I'm listening to somebody I don't like, I'm just like, oh, it's not for me. And, but unless it's like a podcast talking about how Hitler rules and like, they, hate, they story, hate dogs, right? like, I don't care. I might dislike something like that. But yeah, people are so obsessed with kind of putting hate out there if they Yeah. I and I think those people that that put out hate um they something else is up with them. I have four thumbs down on the Toy Run documentary. It's but, like why? Why would you thumbs down that video? Yeah, that whole thing it's in a, general. A video about giving thirty thousand dollars to toys. And the thing the, is, there is like that's obviously people that like are really have a bad image of what a motorcycle club is. Yeah, obviously, and it's probably even people like from the community that kind of like you know like to talk shit. I believe it. But that was I remember when I got the first one, and I think someone had commented something kind of negative at first and took it down. I want to say, but I was just like. They better have taken it down because how are you going to comment any negative thing about that? Okay, like, they they got 
yeah, the the bad comment isn't on there anymore. They're all pretty good comments. Of course now, it is. Of course it's not on there. But it, I remember like the first time I saw that because like I don't really care like if it would have been somebody commenting on like they were like oh I hate this shot but like I just read that and I was like why would because it was some I don't know it's something I forget what it it was it was like a nasty comment but I, I remember know. getting the, that that comment the first dislike and I was like it's kind of a weird thing that. To experience to want people to know you yeah. hate. <laughs> I mean, honestly, seeing that one star, I'm like, oh, dog, you don't gotta. That's kind of fucked up. I was yeah. like, you don't gotta bad rate yeah, me. Yeah. Just like, don't listen to my podcast and don't subscribe. Like, no, it's that easy. Really. But to put this on a brighter note, what I really enjoyed about you doing that that documentary on that yeah. toy run, yeah, uh, is that you grew up right seeing that right from basically before you even remember exactly that's always been a part of your life so seeing that and being able to document that right. and put it out to the public yeah that was a good feeling in your own way yeah because like i said you've experienced it you've lived with it and you grew up with it so to be able to document it and put it out yeah. in your eyes that was the, that was the cool thing cuz like doing weddings and stuff when i post those there is still a joy because and i and i try to put i think that's what separates me from a lot of like there's a lot of like content creators out there now, especially yeah, wedding films. I'm like, I respect wedding filmmakers because that's a huge hustle to mm -hmm. do. Like it's, but I think what separates me is like, I've always been in this. Never, I think a lot of people that get in it now have the main goal of, oh, I want to be a content creator or I want to be a wedding filmmaker. Like, and if you want to be a wedding filmmaker, that's like power to you. You're gonna Go make it, you're yeah. gonna make really good money if you do well and if you if you keep up with it and if you can stand keeping up with it yeah it's perfect it's the perfect thing to do but i've always everything i've done everything i've filmed has always been since i was 14 years old has been i want to make movies it's a it's that passion so like i think that's what separates me it's like if you watch a wedding film of mine i had somebody i post one in an instagram story i was working on i think a wedding video and someone sent it to me and was like I really like your videos because you can connect, like you really can feel the passion in it. Like, yeah. and that, I think it was a girl and she's like, I cried watching the father daughter dance. And I was like, that's kind of like, that felt good. Cause I was like, okay, yeah, that's, of I'm trying to put that passion in it. But doing the toy run documentary was just so cool. Cause it's like, it's my, it was a story, like kind of my story more or less yeah. that I was wanting to put out. You yeah, know of I mean? course. And so that, that was really cool. And that's kind of what I'm excited for, for, these projects I have coming up in the future is like that's it's all me, you know. Uh -huh. I'm not I'm not just it's your filming. vision. Yeah, it's like your work exactly. What what are the type of projects that you're coming so up with? Chris, if, if you can, no, hundred percent, hundred percent. Chris knows because I kind of have him working on one with me, um, and I've actually, I mean, I talked two years ago. What I hit you up about that one song, and I was like, I really like this for a short film I've been writing, uh -huh. but and that's actually a different short film. But I started both of those. I started writing like I don't know three three years ago. I was living in Pocatello when I started writing the first one. The, the second one I hit you up with was that was over two years ago because uh -huh. I was living. I was back in Rupert. But um, so but no, that's I mean I quit for um, I guess my last wedding, my last like client based wedding was in October, I think it was, and then I, I filmed my cousin's wedding in November. That was my actual last wedding. Yeah. But I stopped. I'm done doing weddings, events. I got finally got off that hamster wheel. Um, and I had to make that decision. Like, you're going to make oh, stuff yeah. that wants... If you want to make movies, if you want to do stuff in that field, you got to start going that direction. Of like, course. Nobody's going to say, oh, uh, that's my favorite director. The last project you worked on was 
this wedding. You know yeah, what I mean? Of course. And so um, I'm working right now. The plan is the first short I'm working on right now. Um, we're pretty much done writing it. Um, I've been writing it for like three years. It's a horror short. Oh, uh, yeah! Which I'm shit, super, dude. super, super excited for. That's awesome. And, uh, and it's like, not even like that's like the main genre I want to go. Oh yeah! If you can't tell, oh, I, yeah. fucking, I love horror. And uh, it's not even that that's like the main genre I want to go in, but that's just a story. It's one of my favorite genres, and uh, it's a story that kind of is based off like some real experiences that like oh. me and some homies have had. And uh, so again, it's kind of sharing, you know, not only is it just me putting the whole project out, which yeah. even if it wasn't based on my story, it's just I'm behind every, all of it. Yeah, you know, of and course. that feels good. But if it is like personal experiences, right. you can put it exactly. out in such an authentic way exactly. because it happened to you. And so that's what, that's when I started working on it. I was kind of thinking of something that happened to my friend after he, it happened to Lane, after he house sat for me like senior year. And okay. so it's always been a story we always kind of talked about. And then um, when I lived in Pocatello, I started working on it. And it's gone through, and I'll, t- I'll tell you more when we kind of get more in depth, when yeah, yeah. we talk outside of this, talking about it. But it's gone through so many adaptions. Mm-hmm. Like it started as like a super small thing. And then for a minute, it was going to be like a 30-minute short with like a bigger story. But now it's condensed to, it's probably going to be three minutes three or four minutes really yeah. is all I really need. And that's like with the practice shoots I've been doing with the actor that's in it. That's kind of what we've been getting is like three and a half minutes, I think is like our average. Yeah. And, uh, but that's kind of the cool thing is right now, like it's so easy. Like we were talking about, you put your podcast out so easy. It, it can easily yeah, yeah. get we're watched by a million right. people if the right, you know, if something happens. Mm-hmm. But, and that's the cool thing about the film, the film world now is 20 years ago, you, Pretty much, and there there's a lot of indie filmmakers at 20 years ago, but it was a lot harder more of a rarity. It, yeah, right? it was because a lot harder they, to put it out because to they, you know, they'd go the festival route of like they made this short film without a studio, and they'd take it to maybe say Sundance, and then a studio would buy it because they liked the idea, pay for them to make a feature, and then boom, there you are. But now all it really takes is like, and I kind of like go again. I'm kind of counter myself when I say this, but you could get an iPhone. And, you know, your buddy, make a short film, put it on YouTube, and people are going to see it. But I think what's been kind of, I've really been working on this. And, like, uh, like I said, I didn't go to film school. So, but it's it's so different because um, I didn't go to film school. So I, I grew up, lear- like, in the last couple of years especially, like, studying, like, behind-the-scenes footages and watching director, like, yeah interviews and also stuff like experience that. experience because like yeah. tr- like when it comes to music production right like i don't watch any tutorials no. i don't exactly. like take any classes i do take some lessons from this homie named trent cast uh-huh. uh he's from arizona so i'm gonna give him a shout out because that motherfucker knows a lot, knows a lot. and my favorite part about him and the lessons i have with him is he'll tell me like this tool comes out with this product right. and this is why he explains why, why it's okay. it happens so i really appreciate that and that's one thing you gotta like, do is when you it, gotta be willing to learn oh yeah like, you have 100 um but like when it comes to like the music that i made like oh i would say all right 90 percent, 90 percent of the music that i make was from trial and error yeah like no. i i don't watch tutorials like and I, I don't go through any classes. Right. i take a lesson here or there but other I, than that it's trial and error. i hardly yeah i'd watch like I remember I'd do like effects tutorials for like weddings and stuff. Like I want to try this cool effect or this cool transition. I'd watch that. 
And then the first class, I just bought a class from, I'm a shout out, the homie Jacob Owens. Um, big, he was really big in music videos and he's really, he just has grown his revenue. He's got three like studio rentals now, like houses you can rent, shoot at, property, like a ranch. Damn. And uh, makes super solid short films. He's in like, he's huge. Really, really cool guy. Buff Nerds production, legend. And he's, and the cool thing about him is Jacob Bones has, over a hundred thousand followers, right? And yeah. but I, every time I'll like message him a question, when I got my computer, I'm like, "Hey, should I get a laptop or should I get desktop for this reason, this reason?" And he like sent me a big thing telling me why he thought it was best idea I get a desktop and stuff like that. Like we're going to Hawaii in August, and he always goes and shoots on the island we're going to. So I hit him up and was like, "Hey, what do you think? Why should I go here?" And like he's always reached back to me. And so him and his cinematographer Thomas Togger just started a cinematography like master class yeah and super cheap but like i i've seen like their work and what they've been able to grow i started following him when he was doing like super like low budget sh- like music videos short films yeah so it's been it's cool to see you know i support him and kind of learn exactly the kind of stuff i want to do but that's really it like i other than that it's just i buy dvds to watch yeah. i get the, spe- the like the blu-ray one so it has special features so i can watch it behind the scenes or kind of like watch your interviews own, your own little the writing process yeah. yeah like i'll sometimes listen to a song and like try to like Make not not necessarily replicate right. but figure out how yeah. this specific like Take music artist created the atmosphere in the song the vibe yeah. what type of tools or like i mean not not necessarily the tools but like what sounds right he used to create, you know, this because it's this an experience. Little world. I mean, yeah, every song you listen to is like, and that's the thing. Like, it's so crazy about music is everybody listens to music. Like, oh, yeah. you you you'll hear somebody maybe say, "Oh man, I haven't picked up a book in forever." Like, even movies, like, "Oh, I haven't watched." Like, someone said, "I haven't watched a movie forever." Like, they mm-hmm. might watch TV every day, but but you'll never hear somebody be like, "Man, I haven't heard a song in a while." Yeah, like, yeah, that's for some, real. That's some sad shit. Like, that's if you, true. Had, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it really is an experience, like. You, a good song, like any genre, and I listen to like the oldies, like the Beatles, to all the way up to you know, like hip hop and gangster rap. You know, it's yeah, just, of course. Because if it's a song that I feel like can take me somewhere, that's all it really matters. And it's, it is super interesting because not everybody can do that. No, everybody no, can make definitely like, not. A bunch of people can make music, but to be able to create an experience where that listener can kind of shut their eyes and just yeah. feel good while listening to it. Uh-huh. That's, that's a different thing. Yeah. And off that last statement, you just said, I'm going to give a shout out to Jordan Mamora. He was on episode four. He makes a different style of music that like I listen to daily, Yeah, but I like, I don't forget his songs because right. they're, they're so impactful and they're so different from what I'm used to uh-huh. that. Like if I listen to one of his tracks, it's like, like I'm still thinking about it, even when yeah. the song's over. Yeah. Like I'm still thinking about like what I just experienced and what right. I just happened. Yeah. And there's a difference between like a catchy song getting stuck in your head and a song that you can't stop thinking about because it made you feel a certain way. Yeah. You know what I like mean? like I right off what you just said, the best ex- example I can give, this is obviously my opinion, is Drake. Uh-huh. I think as of lately, all this shit has just been popular. Ca- catchy. Yo, but if you go back to Marvin's room. Yes. That's an experience. Yes. Yes, exactly. And I mean, that's, and I feel like, especially for our generation, because that's a time where, like, we're all getting, like, our first girlfriends and, like, yeah. you know, you're listening to, like, <laughs> first, break, first heartbreak. Yeah, first heartbreak <laughs> or, like, the first girl that, like, shot you down. You know what I mean? Oh, my But that's God. a, that's the thing is, 
what I look for, like, and I listen to, like, for me to like you, I don't have to, like, exactly think you're a crazy artist. Yeah. Like, I'll use this for an example. What, a rapper that I listen to a lot, me and Drew went to his concert. Uh, his name's Dave East. Super, like, kind of gangster rapper, scary big dude. Yeah. You know, and I just, that's something you listen to to get pumped up. But I really look for in, like, different artists, if you can, what inspires me in, like, a musical artist or anybody is someone that's, like, willing to try different things. Push the boundaries. Yeah, they push, you know what I mean? So, like, Dave East, I, I wouldn't go and say, oh, well, I think he's an artist. And I think that's something that's thrown around a lot. It's, like, everybody that makes music, like, and, like, everybody, I mean, even, like, the news or, like, all these, like, labels and stuff, like, this is our artist. And, like, to me, it's just kind of, like, well, that's your musician or that's your rapper, you know, yeah. your singer. But, like, art to me is, like, you, you have just a different passion with it and you want to toy around, you really want to master it, mm -hmm. you're kind of... Like take somebody like it's like you have a theme, but you want to change exactly. it, but still still just, stay within the you realm. Just have that passion for yeah. for the art. Mm -hmm. So it's like I wouldn't go out and be like, oh, Davies is a good artist. You know what I mean? Yeah. But then I look at somebody like John Bellion, or like you know some uh, or like MGK. Mm -hmm. Freaking when we were younger, MGK was just a hard ass white rapper oh, yeah. that went crazy. Yeah. Of now course. he's making punk music, and he like his last couple albums been real like you know. A lot of guitar and kind of like alternative yeah and i and i like either one of them because and that's something i respect a lot like is somebody that's willing to kind of dabble around with it what i like about that too is um you can really point out the people who just like um the artist because it's catchy right or and the people who are truly fans. high school kids most of the high school kids around <laughs> or the ones who are truly fans no for real and like you're using like say mgk or right. like john billy and or even Dave East as yeah. an example, when it comes to like the electronic side of yeah, music, right. I can use the artist Getter uh -huh. because I have a couple songs. Like I don't know if you guys have heard of this Getter, but Getter let out an EP called Trench Lords. And I think I heard you t you talk about this with Drew. How it's kind of different than what he usually yeah, did. Yeah, 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 yeah. I did. Um, he if you look like twenty early this last decade right, right. the 2010s if you look early 2010s to like 2013 14 15 he has a specific sound yeah but i i don't remember exactly what year i think it possibly could have been 2018 right that he let out an album called visceral uh -huh. and it is a completely different, different sound. sound but what i realized and a lot of people realize and himself even is the separation of people who just like the hype yeah and people who are actually fans of his music. People like they like the music because it's easy to get down to, or people that are like, mm -hmm. man, like, or I'm because just, they're a fan yeah. of the oh, artist. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like Getter, I love Getter. Yeah. So I love Getter and his Visceral album. I loved. Right. And I also love his stuff from 2013, 14, right. 15. Exactly. And it's, it's possible to love both. Is it? Oh yeah. Like I think Drew talked about it a little bit like Logic. Yeah. That's something me and me and Drew have a lot of common in, and like. uh Logic's old stuff is still my favorite stuff easily. Like yeah. his last couple albums, like his last maybe three projects have been projects that like maybe the first week I listened to quite a few times. But every week, but at least just because it's Logic, yeah, you listen because to I a support him, yeah. yeah. But like, but his old stuff, at least once a week, I listen to still all his old it. stuff. I can still pull up and just you oh, know. Yeah. That's how I am with Big Sean and his album Finally Famous. Yes, yes. dog, that album goes, and off. that's and that's someone that like. Surprisingly enough, I would still I consider Big Sean an artist easily. He's mm -hmm. not, you know, he's not just a rapper, and that because he's kind of he's changed up his style, and he's like, you know what I mean, and 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 people are going to disagree with me 
like a bunch on that topic. Like, oh, like saying that they, that Big Sean's an artist. Yeah. If I'm saying that not a lot of people are artists, you know. But that's just my personal opinion because it's something, and you can have that. But this is kind of like what Drew mentioned is like they like artists create art, but as soon as they put it, put it out, it turns yeah. into politics. And exactly. if you like it or not, right. if it's good or not. Yeah, and if you and if you truly, and I think maybe it's easier for us because we kind of understand. I think it from the, an art aspect, the creation like, that they're side that of they're it. really putting like, and people people don't get that. A lot of people are just listening to these hits. They don't get that like, a lot of these people are just trying to put out their feelings you know like yeah, they're expressing yeah. themselves and that's not for everybody either like a lot of these hit makers out there aren't expressing that's not expressing themselves but i think we can kind of it's, it's easy to see that if they're changing it up it's because they're trying to you know they're figuring themselves out they're trying to transition into something in their life yeah. and and uh but like logic i don't know like and hold on i just got to give a quick shout out to the little kitty over there yes that's my cat bro, bro so comfy yeah he's sweet he's a cool cat dude he's been passed out uh probably this whole episode in that same position funny and funny thing about that cat is so i've had him what's his name first his name's bellion well that's why i named i named okay, after john Be- bellion yeah but uh we never call him that like we call him bubby like even on his new tag that we got just bubby okay but and that's like what joe calls him and like her family like he, that cat's I, like I think, I think Bubby, bubby's more of a cat named right, Bellion. And, Bellion. And, and dude we didn't we couldn't name that cat so i got that cat funny thing about getting that cat is i actually found him while we were shopping for the toy run really so kind of going yeah so we i we were living in pocatello and it's actually the toy run that is seen the shopping that was seen in the documentary you found him that tourist i found him there we were walking out and my cousin heard a meow and me and my cousin are like super animal. It's my cousin Raven. She's super. It's a one whose wedding I just filmed. Okay. And that's like my best friend. Like, and she's the only girl in our family. Yeah. Grew up like watching Animal Planet and like shit like that. We're like love animals. So she hears a meow, and I'm like, I can't hear. It. Like my hearing sucks, so I can't hear shit. She tracks it down in the parking lot, and it's this little kitten under a car. And Joe and our roommates, we were living with Ariel and Isabel, had been like begging me to get a cat, particularly Joe and Isabel. I'm like, we don't need a cat right now. Like, I love cats, but that's not what we need. Yeah. You know? And then... Especially in an apartment. Exactly. Like, an apartment's hard. Exactly. And so, but I looked down and I saw this cat and like, dude, he was the cutest kitten. Like, he was super, like, he was cool. And so I looked down and I was like, damn, I'm taking this dude home. You and have to. And he's, yeah, and he's really like one of the coolest cats ever. Like, people that hate cats will come over and they're like, yeah, he's actually a cool cat. And he's like a lot more like, the grumpy old man cat now but yeah. when he was younger he was like a, like he'd play fetch with you like he was he's a solid ass cat like that's our kid that's like a major like stone in our relationship it's, yeah you I know mean, it's our first pet together so he's he's dope for sure that's awesome but yeah back to music i'm sorry i just had to shout him out it's easy to get sidetracked like we oh easy like well even going back to the short film is yeah, we're, talking, we're talking about short films. Exactly. exactly. We know so, we're on music. It's so easy, dude. And I've been told, I get sidetracked. Like, my brother will tag me in like memes all the time about getting sick. And I get sidetracked super easy. Duh, like, my, my girl always calls me out on this. So show. hard to get sidetracked. Like, Lane's family, my best friend's family, calls me out on it all the time. Because that's all we do is just t- like sit and talk. Yeah, and of sidetracked. Course. But no, the short film, the plan right now is to shoot in July. Um, and hopefully have it out. I want to kind of put it out in October, obviously, as a horror short. I think that's only right. Yeah. But um, and that gives me plenty of time to hopefully get it done, sit on it, and you know, not be because with the documentary, we, I was working on stuff 
on my way to premiere it. You know, it's just like I'm a procrastinator and a perfectionist, and that's a bad combo. But the plan is to shoot in July and hopefully release in October. There's no name yet. Um, got one actor in it. Um, but yeah, and then I got a second one planned after that. That's a little bigger. And I don't even know if it'll be right after that, but that's in the writing process. So. What I really enjoy about like creating something from scratch and that it's your own yeah. project yeah. is that there's no time limit. Right. Like there's like on the music side of shit, um, there's been songs that I've finished in like a week. Yeah. And there's been other songs that I've been working on since October. And that's the nice thing about being independent. Uh-huh. Is you do what you want. And that's the thing is like what I was telling Chris is it's easy to get your iPhone and make a film and like really have mm-hmm. no excuse like, oh, well, you want to make a short film? You could have done it. Because there's people that call it that are so big on that. No, it doesn't matter about the gear. All it matters is a story. Though I agree with that, there's just something about, you know, I've been trying to articulate how I want to make my approach, you know, being from, we're from, for those of you that I don't know that are just found this podcast and are just listening, me and Chris are from a small town in Idaho. Tiny ass town. Chris is from Paul, which is a small, small town in Idaho. <laughs> I'm from Rupert, which is right next. It's pretty much the same place. But it's really hard to, I don't know, we're, to be someone with like creative dreams like that. In a, and I'm not in any way saying like, oh, no, it's this town's holding me back because that's 100% not possible. Like I, I chose to stay here right now and uh-huh. like, because I... I do have a firm belief that I, I'm going to be able to make it regardless of being in a small town. You know what I mean? At the, at the same time, with technology nowadays, exactly, it is so easy and accessible to create exactly. something if you want. Exactly. Because I'm a small, like you said, we're small-ass town people, right? Yeah. But I have had the, let's see, what's the, what's the word I'm looking for? I've had the honor mm-hmm. to create music yeah. from scratch yeah to create you have podcast that ability because you yeah. from scratch regardless and that's all because of um technology yeah because i'm not in a big ass studio exactly right? i don't have top tier equipment yep. but i have the stuff that that will that let me do the work from a closet you can do it from you a know closet. what i mean you can film it like we could be filming this in a hotel room right now like you know what i mean uh-huh. or in a backyard but like 20 years ago but we're in storm's living room we're on my couch right now with a dead ass foldable table in yes. the middle of it yes like like looks like we're gonna play pong like we're straight up like we may actually just a quick game yeah, after. you might have to but the thing is is like 20 years ago like we were saying like it was easy to sit back and be like i can't make movies or i can't mm-hmm. make music because i wasn't born in LA. I don't have connections. Mm-hmm. I don't have, you know, a movie camera or a studio available to me. Yeah. That was so easy to say 20 years ago, but now but it's now. just if you if you're coming up with excuses like that, it's it's you. You I mean, you're holding. And the hard thing is is like being from a small town, really the only thing to get past is it's a weird culture to yeah. want to be we we live in a town where I mean really everybody's like and this is no dissent on anybody in this town but like really the main culture is like factory workers and you know mm-hmm. stuff like that so it's really hard to kind of you have no demographic you have no demographic and it's kind of hard if you're I I mean I might be speaking for myself but like it's a weird it's kind of gets you in some weird mental spots because you're like trying especially when I was younger mm-hmm. telling people when, when I graduated high school, and yeah. people were like, well, what do you want to do? At first, I'd find myself kind of coming up with the like, excuses like, oh, you know, I want to 
or like lies. I, I'm probably gonna go into architecture. Well, I'm sitting there knowing, no, like, damn well, you damn well, you want to make movies, you know? And, yeah. And and I'd be so pissed off at myself because it's like, why are you even saying? You know, that? like this person you see once a year this is your third cousin's neighbor. Like, what does it matter? But you do. Like, it's weird to kind of. And once you get behind it, you know, it's it's a lot easier. But that small town, it's not small minded people, but we yeah. just have a certain culture that's like, wait a minute. You know, I will say like that is a downside of it, right? Yes. But the upside of it, and I've only realized this as of late, yeah, is since you don't have a demographic, and like Drew mentioned this about Logic, he yeah. has fans, yeah, that like a certain type of sound, yeah. So we started aiming towards that sound, right. right? But it doesn't really match his like organic, right? True sound, yeah. The upside of being coming from a small town is, and you don't have a demographic, yeah, is that you get to you get to create for yourself yeah like you don't have like your die own, hard yeah, fans yeah, exactly. that will eat you alive if yeah. you if you make something they don't like right you, you can, can kind of start and start yourself. with that flavor that yeah that people are gonna yeah and another, another weird thing is there's so many it's weird like even since me and chris graduated it's kind of became it's I think with kind of this influencer kind of generation, it's became a bigger thing where social media has blown up so, so much. It, which is the crazy because like, I mean, we were, I mean, we were in high school when Snapchat came out, when Instagram yeah. got big, you know what I mean? So, God damn, that's crazy to think. But it's, uh, I remember when YouTube came out when we were in elementary school, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. But even since we graduated, when me and Chris graduated, there was, I mean, and it is, it's probably a little, like electronic music was a little bigger at the time. There was a lot of kids that were like older than us being like doing DJ and Yo, like it all comes back. I I dead ass believe this. It comes back to two people. One, uh Salvador, so, yeah, DJ yeah, Salvi. Yeah. And oh, I think only a, a few amount of people will know this, but Gabo. The, yeah, the exchange student. Yep. Italy. Yeah. Yep. No. DJ yeah. Gabo. Those two people they really brought it I to this think community. Dead ass created the whole electronic exactly. music scene. In our community, exactly. And until like, this day, they started. When it. I graduated, there wasn't really. A, and this is five years ago today, by the way. Yeah. That's so crazy. Congrats! I mean, uh, happy anniversary to all of we're, our classmates. We were freshmen though when when, when Gobbo was, was around. Here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were freshmen, and so like, yeah, that really. And because I remember, I feel like we in electronic music's been around. And Chris, correct me on this because, like. Disclaimer, I'm not soup I don't listen to electronic music a lot. Yeah. I listen to Chris's stuff when he puts it out and I listen to, you know, the occasional like my senior year I listened Appreciate to some it. of it and I went to two raves after I graduated. That was yeah. it. I think but it's something to experience. It Even is. if it's and not like, for you. I have like, nothing bad to say about it. Like I think there are like anybody, like rap fans, like logic fans, there's like super toxic like hip hop fans. All bro toxic people are everywhere. and like and I think a lot of times rave culture gets a bad rap because of some toxic people. But it's like, I have a lot of respect for it. But I think, I remember, what, what was it? It was what, summer before, it was a year before we went to high school, eighth grade, when Skrillex released his stuff, right? Yo, I remember that. Yo, shout out Pissna on this. I mentioned him in the last video, or the last episode. But I remember being in Meridian, Idaho. We were with Hunter Grafey. The homie. And shout out Hunter Grafey. It's yo, his birthday today, isn't it? Uh, I think he, I saw it on Dan. I, th- I think so. Yo, shout out Hunter. The day of recording this, I think it was your yeah, birthday. Yeah, 528 maybe. Or, is it, or maybe it's 527 and I saw I don't it know. yesterday. I don't know. Anyways, we were with Hunter in Meridian uh-huh. and 
it, we were in this random neighborhood park, and it was nighttime. Okay. Dead ass, pitch black, and okay, super common. And yeah. <laughs> And Branson was like, yo, check this song out. And it's funny because at the time, we didn't know the name. In his phone, Yeah, the only name it had was Sick Song. <laughs> That's it. It didn't have an artist. That's it didn't happy. have I mean, an album. Yeah, super different time for downloading music. Oh, 100%. Yo, shout out LimeWire. Yes. But he, all it was was Sick Song. And it was Skrillex, Scary Monsters, and Nice Sprites. Yep. And I think apart from like Satisfaction by Benny Benassi, yeah, um, that was probably the first like and it electronic totally music. That's the thing is like, I think, I don't know. And this, I mean, in hip hop, there's different spectrums. In of country, course. there's different spectrums, but there is a huge spectrum as far as electronic music goes. Oh, like it's you brought up crazy. Satisfaction from Satisfaction to Skrillex, and those being like. The two big songs at the time for electronic music, you couldn't get farther apart. No, it's hell, almost a different no, right. genre. Oh, if, completely. You know, it's completely. like it's subgenres for it sure. It goes into subgenres. Yeah, but those, yeah. those two, yeah, definitely on right. the different ends of the spectrum. Right. And yeah, because mm-hmm. I remember that song like middle school dances like crazy and PE class, just oh, hearing yeah. satisfaction all the time. But I remember when Skrillex came out and it was just so new that like me and my cousins were rushing in the yeah. the computer and my grandma's putting it on like going crazy like it was what di- is this so different so different and I remember I remember coming starting freshman year and you guys were like I don't know like it was you guys were huge fans already like it was and like this is like, like I said it comes back to Skrillex DJ Salvi and yes. Bobo yeah because I remember yeah because Salvi was Salvi a senior when we were freshmen too or yes. was he a no nah, he's a senior was when he a we senior were freshmen okay, yeah. So yeah, Salvi and Gabo. And I and yeah, I didn't I didn't hang out with those guys at all. Like those that, that wasn't really my crowd. And I I had I mean a little more of a crowd freshman year as far as expanding. But yeah. I remember, yeah, they really it's super easy to see that those guys brought that culture to this small ass town. I think they I don't know if they necessarily brought it. Like, they expanded. I, they made yeah, it. Oh, dude, they, yeah. they blew it up. Because right. I don't want anyone older to come at me and just be like, hey, this person did this before Salvi. Yeah, I'm like, bro. To, no, they, like, yeah, but they. Like, I believe you, but at the same time, like, I think Salvi we and were in eighth grade, blew so we don't know who up. the hell you are. Oh, yeah. yeah exactly. No, think, but they definitely, yeah, yeah. I'll change that phrasing. They de- didn't bring it to the area, but they. They really helped expand helped it. it. Yeah, helped yeah, it, yeah, helped it expand. That shit blew up, man. It did. It blew Freshman up. year was crazy as far yeah. like as that goes, and I remember that uh-huh. well for not even being a huge electronic music fan. I remember I, that being a really big year for that. All I of a sudden, remember, becoming a new thing. Yeah, I remember before that I used to listen to bands like Let's Get It, which is super low key. Yeah, they they let out an EP and an album, and I doubt anyone knows them. But if you know them, you'll big brownie points to you they're super small but breathe carolina oh yeah and the their hello fascination ep that's a solid ep but they also let an album after that called hell is what you make it uh-huh. and if you really like listen to that music it's it there, there's a lot of electronic side yeah. to it yeah and i there think is. that's some of the reason that, that led you me were able into to cross like, over so easy. Yeah, yeah so easy i remember i remember i was talking you and me about Panic at the Disco. Dog, a fever you can't sweat out. Dude, that is top three albums. Lying is the most fun of Broken time. Out Without Taking Your Clothes Off. Still one of my favorite songs of all time. Of Such a good song. Time. I remember, I don't even remember But it's how it better if you do. Dog, come on. I remember, uh, I think sophomore year, I don't I think we are in health class or something, and we just started talking about that album somehow. I don't even remember how, but Never I always, forget. it's funny because 
I uh, every time that album comes out on my phone, that's what I go back to. Sophomore year, talking about that album with you in health class. That album was so good. It still is good. Like I said, it's easily top three album it's of a, all it's time. A super good album. Chris, what is the what is the first thing? Do you think? I mean, going back to talking about those guys really helping electronic expand in this area. Do you remember like a defining moment that you were like, I want a DJ? Does it have anything to do with those guys or do you remember? Oh yeah, definitely. Moment? I remember till this day. I can't remember what day. Right. But which I remember is a lot to ask. They put on a show okay. at El Dorado. El Dorado. Okay. They put on a show at El Dorado and it was just pure local DJs, literally just for the community. Right. They put it on themselves. That's an and side side note. Yeah. A lot of respect out to that because, and like, I don't even know Salvi very well, but uh, that's like, I mean, they were they started putting on shows, they knew, I mean, pretty early on that they were gonna do that, obviously. And that's that's like, that's respect, respect to those two because that's that's dope. And it comes back to just creating stuff, yeah, just creating. But yeah, I remember they threw a show at El Dorado and that that shit, it was freshman year. Because Gabo was still here and he uh-huh. was a junior at the time, and then Salvi was a senior. I was a freshman along with all my other homies. But that night was just so fucking fun. Yeah. The experience of watching someone, I can more or less say that was probably the first air quotes concert I ever been to. Right. Was that show. And it was just fun. I was out with my homies dancing to electronic music. Yeah. And it was more or less blowing up at the time, but the fact that these locals brought it to the local scene, that it was crazy. Seeing and that they could do it was kind of like a, yeah. a different. It's different than being to a big concert. Oh, yeah, definitely. And then after that, it just kind of caught my eye because, like I said, through Breathe Carolina, I think it led me in that direction. But then seeing it happen locally right. and seeing that it's possible. Yeah. Seeing that people And you see a crowd, you see people turning up to it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the big thing was is seeing people I knew yeah. and know up on stage creating the atmosphere that's happening out in yeah. the dance floor. Yeah. I'm like, fuck, I want to be up there. And so then what was your next step? How long did it take you to start making music? Dog making music all right so i don't know if many or dj not but, not even making music but yeah. i guess you know mixing music and you know doing yeah, 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 yeah. djing and producing yeah, yeah. you know there's totally two different, different yeah, spectrums yeah. but yeah. when it came to djing like i yeah. saw these fools like i said that i know up on stage and were they producing DJing. music their own music this time or just um, mixing? i don't know i think gabo was gabo maybe was i don't there. know about salvi but i know not long after like he was on both sides of the train right but seeing these guys that i knew personally up on stage i was like shit I want to do that. Right. And then I really got into electronic music and this and that and this and that. And I believe that next Christmas, my dad and my older brother got me my first DJ controller. Okay. And then after that, it was just DJing and DJing and DJing because... Just you know, mixing songs. Yeah. Just- I saw these fools you know, up on stage and I was like, damn, I want to do that. And yeah. they're DJing. So I thought... To be up there, I needed to learn how to DJ. Uh, yeah. So then I got it, like like I said, my older brother and my dad got me a DJ controller, and I started DJing, right? And I became a DJ. But not long after did I realize that I actually had to produce my own music. Yeah. 
for me to be up on stage yeah. because I had to come come up with like my own content, my own art in yeah. order to be booked, and then I showcase my DJing skills. But what gets me on stage is my own personal creations. Yeah. So at that point, I was 19. Uh-huh. So I had been DJing for about three or four years at this point. Right. And then I bought Ableton, which is the music software that I use, right? Mm. So then I bought that. And then it honestly took a year after that to fully 100% invest myself into yeah. that program. Yeah. Because at first I'd dribble into it, not know shit. Yeah. And like I said, I didn't want to look up tutorials because I didn't want to copy anyone. Yeah. It's a weird, yeah. And it, 100%. That's kind of what kept me from watching tutorials as I almost. You'd watch these tutorials, and it's not like I had a distaste for anybody, but especially when I first started, I was so like turned off the idea of watching because uh-huh. it's. I was like, no, I'm not trying. I'm not trying to be there because it's not an original idea, right? Yeah, and a lot of and a lot of like the creators that I used to like despise, you know, like the idea of watching one of their videos are like content creators that I really watch and support now. But it was like starting out wanting to kind of make a voice of myself, yeah, and make something of myself was because like you said i mean i think when we graduated i can't really think of anybody that we went to school with that was doing film i can't really think of anybody that we graduated with or that graduated before us yeah. that was i mean making videos i i can't um but it's not, and it's almost like really that influencer generation kept coming in and like kids now i mean there's probably 15 kids or more in each class that are making at least TikToks or yeah. YouTube. And it or, honestly, it just starts that small. Exactly. If, if they decide and get the motivation to expand mm-hmm. like they can, and till this day, and I'll ride and die with this, I hope they do. Right. Because it's like, when you look at the people around you, and whether it comes to just life in general, yeah. or if the people that are doing the same thing that you're doing, yeah. nothing's a competition. No. As soon as you think it's a competition, you've lost sight you on pain, why you, you get, started it. Dark, it. yeah, and 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 you, you don't, you can't make your best work trying to compete with somebody. Oh no, and and that's kind of the thing is like, a lot of the my best friends or like people that I surround myself with, I love being around because they're passionate about what they do. Like uh, Lane's brother, Lane, you know, um, his brother does animation. Did he actually when you were working on that old? Uh, DJ name. He's the one. He did up some logos for you, and he did yeah. my Dreamer Circle logo. But like, he's so passionate about what he does, and like, um, homie Christian's like passionate about stuff that he wants to do. You know, it's like, it's just being around those people instead of seeing like them as oh, I, I want to make movies before you do this. You know, I want to make something of myself. Like, if you, when you can surround yourself with people that are passionate, even if it's not the same thing. Passion like drives passion. No matter. Oh yeah, what definitely. You can get you can take inspiration from each other, mm-hmm. and at that point, it's not competitiveness; it's um, inspiration. Absolutely. So it's like yeah, like you and I, like we don't we don't make the same content, right? But if I see you consistently pushing out yeah. content, I'm yeah. just like, well, shit, like it just motivates me exactly. And that's like it comes back to like, like and that's said, staying and that's, up till twelve or one, just doing. Just create it. Yeah, and that's part of the thing is like where and I've been very inconsistent lately because I realized I was again it goes back to that idea of like kind of being in a hamster wheel. Yeah. And you're just kind of making the same thing. And like with this short film, I don't want to just go out and make it with my iPhone or 
because even though I could do that and keep making more and more and more and progressively get better, I think the learning that I've done and the, uh, I mean, the process of writing it and going through so many different, I really think by the time that I make it, it's going to be something that really is special and that hopefully, you know, gets eyes. And even if this, you know, cause that's really, that's really the best shot of being discovered as a non-film school filmmaker is, you know, festivals are still, you know, a really big way to do it or putting it out there, getting a million views or even a thousand views and getting that one right person to see it. And, uh, so that's, I really wanted, that's what I've just been doing the last couple of years is just really making sure that when I put it out, it's it not only makes me happy to see, but it's gonna get somebody's attention. And that's one really good thing about being your own distributor is that you can take the time to put out the content that you want. Sure, probably. And like I'm just gonna call back earlier when I said like sometimes it'll take me a week to do a song and other times it'll take me months to do a song. But what's really nice about being your own distributor is you're in no rush. Mm. And I think when it comes to creating content, you shouldn't be in a rush. I think when I am making art, I should never be on a deadline because the art gets done when it gets done. Yeah, when it's done, when it's complete. Well, that's the thing too is towards the end of doing weddings, and I hope if any of like my past clients are listening to this that they don't take offense to this. My last couple weddings – other than my cousins, my cousins was fun, you know, because you know it's just of course it's family, it's family, of you know? course. But my last couple of weddings and my last quinces, especially leading up to that, were just I had no, I did not care. Like the couple, I cared about their story, and you of know course. I liked them personally, but I had literally not a care in the world to watch their wedding a thousand times through editing it, and that's kind of when I realized, like I think it was a quince I was working on when I realized, like. I don't care to watch this anymore. I'm getting burnt out. Yeah. And so then it's taking me longer and it just became a problem because I wouldn't, I just wouldn't edit it as much. I'd be like, oh, I'll get to it. And then I'd be like just procrastinating because like I had no passion to work yeah, on it. Yeah. Cause you were never really so then super I'd get, excited I'd get, to you know, create. the parents of the, the parents of the birthday girl, like, where's our video? And it was really bad. And it, like, it's a bad thing because now I'm, it's like I'm making a bad image of myself. Of course. Um, but then it's at the same time, it was like, I don't care. You know, I'm not going to, I'm done with this. I don't want to do this anymore. So why do I care if nobody refers me to another wedding? I don't want to do weddings, but you know, yeah. it's back and forth. It was just, it was a really dark. Cause I think being a creator, it's easy. And I feel like not enough people talk about this. I think it's easy to get in a bad mental spot. When so easy. I think the mentality of a dreamer, that's what, that's what I'll say. The mentality of a dreamer is it can be a super dark, spot sometimes because you're constantly like i'll say this i i found out i wanted to make movies make film entertain people when i was 14 and every day since that i'm 22 now every day since that i've spent probably 80 percent of the day at least every day since then with that on my mind trying to you know what i mean thinking about that do you think you spend just as much time thinking about it as you do physically trying to cr- to create more, the dream for you much more i mean i'll be doing anything it's like i'll i'll be at lunch or i'll be that's why i finally dropped out of college because i was i remember i was get, i was becoming a business major yeah and uh i was in like a marketing class business management class and i remember sitting starting to take notes slowly like fading out where i'm not listening to a teacher at all and i'm i've drawn a storyboard and i'm like 
I just wrote like random, I just wrote a random commercial or I just, you know, that was kind of where I was like still thinking of going to the commercial side of things for, you know, more revenue and stuff like that. Of course. So I'd be, I'd be starting taking marketing notes. And then by the end of it, I'd have two pages of storyboards down. I don't know what my teacher said for the last 40 minutes. You know what I mean? Yeah. But you take it with the good and bads also. If I spend, say, even 50% of my day thinking about it, maybe 10% of that is thinking negatives about it. Because you're always, I mean, you're your own worst critic and you might, you know, sometimes as people don't want to admit it, but there are times where you're talking to yourself like, dude, do you really think this can happen? You know, like even if you, if you believe you can, there's still, you know, you'll be thinking in your head negative things. There's always a chance. If you believe that you can, there's always a chance. Absolutely. And I believe that wholeheartedly, but there's always, you know, those negative thoughts. When you have a big dream like that, it comes from all kinds of things being in a small town or being you know you'll see something or you're going to your day job and you're just like what if i get stuck in this you know what i mean but there hasn't been a single day that i haven't thought about it you know what i mean yeah and so it's that's that's the thing is it stay it stays with you and if you know that's your passion you're gonna think about it all the time yeah and what's really nice about having a passion is that that time isn't an issue no because when you have a passion, that means you're you thoroughly enjoy doing what right. it is that makes you happy. Right. So for me, it's making music, yeah. which is why I'm a hundred percent okay staying up until one a.m. when I know I have to wake up in three and a half hours. Yeah, I it's okay because in the moment, I'm so fucking happy with what I'm creating. Yeah, I don't care if I lose sleep. You're so stuck. You're like, oh, I got to get to this next point. And there, and you hit a point where you're like, okay, I can go to bed now. I and yeah, start. a lot yeah. of the times you just catch a vibe. Yeah. And you just catch a vibe and you're on a roll and you're just like, I like what I'm doing. Hours go and, by. And I will say this till the day I die. If you catch a vibe, run with it, man. Yeah. If you stay up like me, say if I catch a vibe at 12, right? Yeah. I, I tell myself at 1210, I'm going to get off my laptop. Yeah. But if I catch a vibe at 12, I am running with that uh. fucking vibe until I'm done. Yeah. And if it takes me until 4.30, doggone it, you go, I will stay up all <laughs> fucking night and then just drink hella energy yeah. drinks the next I'll day. I'll suffer the next day, no. Always, always run with it. I, this is advice. If, you, if you're a creator of anything or whatever it is, whether you draw... If you're just any type of artist at all. Yeah, right. And if minor or major. Minor or major, whatever it is, if you catch a vibe, run with it. Because like I said, yo, shout out Death Star Cult. Uh, nice record label. Just started, but we doing big things. I have a song coming out with them called Big Chunga. That big song Chunga. I wrote in a week. Oh, yeah. But the reason I only wrote it in a week was because I had a vibe and I ran and you were with able it to. every single time. Whenever, felt- whenever I had that feeling that like, okay, I'm doing something, yeah. I ran with that until I couldn't no more. And then and you it were happy me, with it. Yo, 100%. It took me a, a week to make that song. Yeah. And I love it. Absolutely. Every single minute of it. But I ran with that feeling. And like I yeah. said, like um, I think I mentioned it in, in a past episode, but uh, Guns and Money, the one I released. Which uh, I really, I really like that track thank you i download it i have it on my i have it on my phone right now and it's like probably probably one of the only five electronic songs i have on my phone i appreciate that and 
what I really enjoy about that song is I finished it. Finished it. I think October? October or November, I finished it. But like I think I was talking with Nikki because you asked a question. Yeah. And you were like, what is Nikki's favorite song of mine? Right. And he said, Guns and Money. And what I really enjoy about that song is like, I mean, I said it in that episode, is that I finished it, I believe it was in October. Yeah. But something was always missing. In that song. Until I heard Represent by Getter. By Getter. And then I was like, okay, I need to... I think you said that in Drew's episode too. Is why I think that's yeah, 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 possibly because that kind of gave you. And that's the that's the thing is like drawing inspiration and like the nice yeah. thing about you working on your own thing now is I'd kind of compare where I got with weddings to probably how you would feel if you were see because you have no problem staying up till four thirty in the morning working on yeah, yeah, your stuff now. So it's, I would I would probably compare it to you DJing a wedding. And you're trying to force yourself to stay up till four o'clock in the morning, coming up with this this playlist and these songs for the bases, weddings, for yeah. this wedding, or you're doing jingles for a company, and it's getting you good money for a while, but you're just like, I can't stand to listen to this anymore. Yeah. Like, I could be making, I could be spending this time right now, even if I'm not getting the money. I'm in weddings pay damn good. If you're a wedding videographer, you know what I'm talking about. And if you're not, and you're thinking about it, get into get it. Get into it for the money. If it's something you're passionate about. But I will say this, like, I would rather stay up till 4.30, not making any money, working on the screenplay for the short film, or editing it when it's done, or going over the score with Chris, which I guess I kind of slightly mentioned earlier, but I'm working with Chris. We're gonna. He's gonna work on me. We're trying to do a score for this short film. We're gonna try to do. Yeah. Gonna, gonna try to do that. We're gonna work with some different concepts. I'm gonna do the hopefully the soundtrack. Soundtrack. We're but gonna, I am working on a track or two for the for the short for film. The and, film. And where it is such a short film, it's gonna be obviously a smaller score mm-hmm. with the horror. Where it's gonna be, you know, it's just in key moments. But my favorite the, part about that is, is like. You're inviting me to help you create the atmosphere in the short film that you're putting out. Exactly, and and the thing is, uh, I talked about it earlier. I talked about it earlier. Uh, Dreamer Circle, our production company that I had with my buddy years ago. The idea behind that name and behind really what we wanted to do, whether we ever achieved it to its full limit or not, was we wanted to kind of our mission statement, our slogan was using our dream to help others' dreams come true. That was kind of our thing. Like, So if it, whether it was making a music video for an artist that was trying to get noticed or wanted a, his dream was to have you know, a professional video or whether it was for a married couple to have you know, their dream wedding, we were going to help capture that. Or a business to, a small business just starting up, we were doing their commercial. It was always the idea of that was to help other dreamers accomplish what they wanted to do. And that goes back to not being in competition with anybody. You know, if you can, I truly do have a passion for helping other people accomplish what they want to accomplish. And um, so going back to, there's a lot of, you know, different people that could have done the score for this short film. Chris has always been the top guy in my mind for it. Which I appreciate. Going back to even a couple years ago, like I said, I was writing on what is going to be one of my future shorts. And Chris had sent me a preview of a song. I said, I really dig this for a short that I am working on in the future. Mm -hmm. I believe, honestly, those, 
about two years ago because yeah. I know what song that was yeah. and I and, released it and around Chris, June. And Chris said, and I found it the other day because I was talking to Weston about this, Lane's brother, and because I was talking about uh, the fact that you're going to be coming up with a score with me. Yeah. And I remember Chris said, oh, he said 100%. He said, let me, I said, I like the, it's kind of a low key short, the vibe I'm going for. Yeah. Kind of calm. He said, let me take out the hard part for you. I'm going to keep the pretty in mm-hmm. for a while. Made a copy for me with pr- just the pretty, just the calm. And I was like, all right. Like, I think, and I've always known, I've always known Chris would be more of a true artist with it and that he'd be willing to kind of dabble in. And like, cause you've been, you've been working or wanting to work on some hip hop stuff as well. And yeah, kind of definitely. Different. Which I do have hip hop projects in the works and hey. guys, I'm so fucking hyped for that's it. That's the thing. And see, that's but why, that's all I'm saying. That's why. And this is even before, I mean, I don't think you were talking about doing hip hop beats back nah, then, nah. but I was like, I really like this vibe. And not only because Chris is a really dear, true friend of mine, but as a professional, if I was to maybe see a resume and see what they had in mind and what their intentions for their art were, if I didn't know Chris, I'd probably still hire him because he's willing to kind of flex with that and kind of be bendy and flexible. And that's why I was like, yeah, Chris is my guy. Like, I think he'll be, he'll respect my passion enough to really put his all into it and not just give me something like I'm buying, buying a beat off of a guy that's just oh, yeah. spitting him out. It's because, but, it comes down to the fact that like you're creating something right from scratch. You're creating this idea, this project, and you're inviting me to help you create this project and try to create the atmosphere within right. the project. Right. So even though you're asking me to help you out um, because of what you know I can do, yeah, I'm still like collabing on this project with you. So even though I'm making the music, you're bringing you're your ideas to me. You're helping tell my story. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the thing is it's because it's so it's a personal project. So I wouldn't want anybody on it that I wouldn't trust to really bring their A game and not. And that's not even me saying like, oh, I only want the best of the best. I truly trust that Chris is going to really, really have faith in what he does and respect that I really care about this project. Oh yeah, and that and at the same time. This is something new for him. This is, you know, something that um, is a good. I feel like is a great opportunity for the both of us. Oh yeah, 100%. and to really showcase what we can do. And it's the beginning of I. I think a larger future of a lot more cap collaborations and one hundred percent on a wide aspect of projects. In the future, if you end up making a horror film and you're just like Chris I want you to do the whole any, soundtrack any kind of film I'm like bro I'm down for I any of got it. you that's the thing is is uh I, when when I hit up Chris about it um not not the 2 years ago on this short when I said when I got done with the writing when I started doing practice shots and I'm like okay I'm ready to kind of meet up with somebody and get the vibe done I hit up Chris and I I sent him I started sending him like references and kind of uh, director, producer, or director, like, um, mm-hmm. producer relationships. And one that came to mind is David Fincher. That's probably one of my favorite directors. And Trent Reznor is who does the scores on his films. And Trent Reznor, for those people that don't know, is from a group called Nine Inch Nails, super like well known group for, I mean, their era and their genre. Yeah. And he went from that. And he still, you know, makes music for Nine Inch Nails. I think they're actually coming out with new music now. But he teamed up with David Fincher. And just the way that 
not only because Fincher is my favorite director, I think Reznor's music brings so much more of uh, an eye for detail and just such a, like a little taste that's just perfect. I can't picture really anybody else doing it. And that, so that's what I sent to him was right off the bat, I was like kind of establishing that this can be a working relationship yeah. that I think can make some pretty great stuff out of it. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm extremely hyped for the projects that you have talked about, like to me specifically, and just the fact that like you've asked me to help out with it. Right. And what I really enjoy about that is that like you're not reaching out to like some super popular artist that yeah. you know is good. Yeah, that like could buy that could buy, pay, you know, this much an hour to yeah. to get it's a like, beat off their website. Like Go for it, man. Is it is that the dough? I'll go for it, man. Again, I'll capitalize on the fact that you hit me up and asked me to help you with the project that you're working on. Because number one, you could have hit up like a popular creator right. that you knew their work yeah. you could trust. Yeah. But you still hit me up being a that it really movies are done. Yeah, 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 yeah. Being a really low key music producer. Um not popular, not like I mean, in some people's eyes, I probably suck cock. <laughs> but in other people's eyes, you know, like the production that I create, like, you know, it's more or less like has a purpose. So just the fact that you hit me up and asked me to help you out with that, it's really nice because, like I said, you could have hit up someone bigger, but you still hit up someone you know personally that is also trying to create content yeah. Yeah. to help you out with yeah. the content that you're creating. Well, and if anything, I see it kind of as it's really, I mean, if you look at it, it's kind of the perfect project to do it on because, like I said yeah. earlier, we've got three to four minutes. The score that we're putting in is only going to be, you know, maybe a minute of that. And may, I mean, maybe a minute and a half. So we have so we have so much room, though it is a small project. We, we have a little, little amount to work on and perfect. Yeah. So we're not working on a whole, you know, we're not working on something that's an hour long or we've got three minutes. And though it seems like, oh, that that's going to be even harder. I, I think we have this minute and a half or however much we'll, we'll go over it in the future to really, that's all we got to work on. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I feel like that really is the perfect, that's perfect. I think for you to kind of see what it's like mm -hmm. and kind of feel how you want to approach things like that in the future. And for me, it's perfect to kind of see how to add music, yeah, original definitely. music, in something that's short enough to kind of test test the water with. Yeah, because I feel like as a music producer, say helping you out with this project, it lets me dip my toes into different waters. Yeah. Like, how can I help create this, and not just like music that you listen to every day, but the music that helps create a theme while putting your spin on it and your kind of, mm -hmm. you know, your My own taste. Cause a hundred percent. That's why I don't want it to be like, like I said earlier when I was talking about David Fincher and Trent Reznor, you can kind of tell once you find out that it's Trent Reznor, it's not like you listen to the movie, like, wow, this sounds like nine inch nails. But once you're like, Oh, this is Trent Reznor. It's kind of like, yeah, that makes so much sense. Yeah. Like that is so him. That is like, like that definitely, is his sound. Yeah. And so I think that'd be, I mean, that's really, that'd be the perfect thing to do. And that's really the goal is to do something that eventually, eventually, I mean, after this, cause you have, I mean, music 
you have a library out there oh, yeah. that maybe people can be like, oh, this kind of has this trait of Chris's music. Mm-hmm. But even if not, this would be my first like short film, but there's going to be small things that like people would be like, oh, that's kind of like, he kind of did this kind of shot, you know, and like in, in different, much different projects. Mm-hmm. But even if people don't take it from there, hopefully it's something that if we do, you know, the next project together, the next one that they're kind of yeah. like, oh yeah, that's kind of, this score is kind of like what they did in that one and that kind of style. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's and like, so it's really like, it's kind of the perfect way I'd imagine it is like, it's like two homies. We're both, you know, kind of experiencing the same, we're from the same town, both, you know, with this create these creative dreams and we're kind of just working together because one, we trust each other and two, we kind of, we want to help each other reach that certain point. Oh, yeah. Longevity. Kind of. Yeah, like we want to put each other on. Like even though I'm a music producer and I, you know, produce music, obviously. Right. Um, you create film and I want to use my platform to help you and try and put you on yeah. and try and get more of my followers to realize what you're doing and vice versa. Yeah. So it's like we're trying to help each other and we're trying to build each other's hype up. Yeah. And I think when it comes to music production and the specific type of music that like I try to touch waters in, it's this music called Rhythm. Okay. And inside of this community, Rhythm community, there's a lot of crews. Yeah. And it's honestly it just comes down to just like friends wanting to push each other up. Yeah. So they create these little crews and they'll hype each other up. One one person in the crew releases a song and they got the other four people pushing, pushing that song, it, yeah. right? So they want to help each other create and they want to help each other build. Yeah. In a sense, that's what we're doing, yeah. but we're touching two different demographics. Absolutely. So I want the people who are fans of my music, I want them to see the film that you're creating yeah. And vice versa, yeah. the film that you're creating and the fans that you have, yeah. you more or less want to put them on the production of what I'm creating. Yeah, and that kind of goes back to something that, like I talked about earlier with Dreamer Circles, it was more like helping, even not even, not everybody had to be a creative that we wanted to help. You know, it was, it was dreams like weddings, dreams like businesses, stuff mm-hmm. like that. But for years, I mean, yeah, like probably four four years now something I've really been passionate about is wanting to start kind of a collective of uh, all kinds of different creators. And even if it's not exactly a company that works together, it's more, I want to, I want to eventually have a facility that, you know, they can gather at. And I don't know if you know, there's a YouTuber named Casey Neistat, super Mm. big. He really kind of pioneered like vlogging and super, super dope guy. And, uh, he has a building. He he's from New York. He actually just moved to LA. But his main one of his main traits, one of the things that made him him, was the New York City. Then he had a build. He maybe three years ago, four years ago now, he started a company called Three Six Eight right across from his studio. And what that was was it was a spot where he has that YouTubers can come. They do like YouTuber treats, guest speakers. They have a gaming team that takes down the bottom floor. They have a huge like studio kitchen for like cooking shows, and like. Around the time he did that, I had been thinking about like that as a dream, like wanting it, wanting to have a spot where like YouTubers kind of have their own little studio or, yeah, or musicians have, you know, like a little studio or a little spot to like film like Facebook live videos and live performances. And of course, like my buddy Weston having like an animation spot. 
and though not everybody there is working for the same company, there's the availability, there's a, there's yeah. a creative atmosphere of like people just dreaming and the like, same dream, the same like dream, you same can, vision. You can come, you can come here to this spot and, and create whatever absolutely. you want to create, yeah. and hopefully you find motivation. And, and you're not, and you're not forced. You guys aren't showing up there to work on one project, but that's available. Like you know, there's we can go in on jobs together. Where I, if I'm doing a video and or I'm working for a. Uh, client that needs a logo or needs an animation like something drawn then weston can do that or if there's somebody that maybe there's a photographer that you know happens to be here then you know they can take pictures or there's a musician and that goes a lot to like what i was saying earlier about and i don't really want to touch on what exactly christian is working on i think that's his reveal i think he talked to you a little bit about it more but, or less yeah um that's all his his to talk about also bringing him up i hope him and i can have an episode where he can actually expand yes where he gets to the point where he's comfortable talking about it right and there's definitely, i definitely want to talk about yeah that. there's some issues i mean covid has definitely posed some issues on dates for him um but the thing is, is like I have all the faith in the world in that dude. Oh, one hundred percent. I know he's one of the most motivated people I've Absolutely. ever met. No and matter what it is, if he believes in it and Absolutely. he wants to do it, he's going to. And and that's what and me and him have really been collecting with or like connecting a lot with our passions lately. And that's been I mean, uh you actually know Christian much longer than I do, but we became really close senior year of high school. And that's been, you know, one of my best friends since. Yeah, and you know, really connecting over started over music. It actually started over shoes and fashion. Dog, he's such a genuine. He is. He's one of the nicest guys you ever meet, and that's 100%. why I'm. I'm so excited for him to because I know like he puts his all in this. It's gonna happen. Let's give him a shout out, man. Shout, shout out Christian. Shout for out being Christian a real motherfucker. my brother. No, for real though, and he and that's why I don't think anybody. There's not many people in the world that really deserve to have their shit come true than christian does oh yeah and like i really know top five percent yeah and he and uh me top 90 percent, <laughs> but christian top like, five no for sure yeah i agree i mean same with me i think he's just so and he's so passionate about it and he's actually without revealing what it is he's working on he is sort of in this project that me and chris are working on so that's kind of i mean oh i didn't know that yeah, but that's yeah so, fucking awesome but, i'm i'm hyped but that's yeah like, and like one of one of my main heroes, biggest heroes, and same as Christians, Walt Disney. Huge. I mean, really, like what he did changed the world. Like you think about so many things that we wouldn't have today if he wouldn't have pushed the boundaries that he did. And especially like his early studio days, it was just it started with just a group of like five people that were making you know small cartoons, and then it it grew to this huge thing of people that just literally show up to work on their dream. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So that's, that's really what, what I've, what we're wanting to do is form a collective where it's just creatives pushing creatives, no matter what the, the media is, no matter what it is. It's Absolutely. about creating content and being passionate about be that content, which I'm going to throw out to you right now on this podcast. Fuck it. If you need an actor dog, I've always wanted to act hundred percent, whether, whether it's comedy or whether it's serious, I want to try. You, you want to know something funny with that? What up? Okay, so if I, so I, I, 14, I decided I want to make movies. Okay, I started writing and coming up with movie ideas then. Okay, of course. And how I got into it, a little just short without getting too deep into it and getting caught off track, 
is me and my cousin summer after freshman year got an app called silent movie director and you make silent like charlie chaplin style stuff okay so when we started doing that i started researching charlie chaplin finding out that he directed his own movies and that's that's what did it for me and i i think because when i was a kid when i was four years old i'd make i'd do plays at my grandma's house i do mm-hmm. you know and i think uh because i all all of it like I used to want to be a rock star. I play guitar. I want to just play music for people. I think if I were to know, because when we're kids, we think the movies we watch are real. That's why oh, you know, yeah. we play Hulk because we're like, man, like I want to meet the Hulk. You know what I mean? Of course. And I think if I were to know when I was, say, four years old, that movies were made and I could see what how people made movies, I think I would have wanted, wanted to be a director at four years old. Oh, yeah. Like I really do. Like I think that is really, I've had such a passion for just, without even knowing what it was uh-huh. for bringing that entertainment, expressing myself. I think if I were to know, if you were to show me a behind the scenes of how they made the Hulk when I was a kid, cause that was one of my first plays. That's why I kept saying the Hulk. I think it would have blown my mind. And I would have been like, right then I want to make movies. Oh yeah. But so, uh, God damn. And I still got caught off track, but, but that's the thing is like, I started writing movies right then at 14. And still, if I like, if one day someone comes to me and they're like, yeah, we want to make, we want to. We like what you do. Can we make a feature with you? One of the first movies I'd like to make is actually a movie based on like the high school experience that I've been really like thinking of since I was fifteen. Yeah. And senior year, I was originally going to do a short of that for my senior project. And guess who was going to be my adopted little brother in the short? Nikki motherfucking Caldera. Dog. That fucking YouTube video when they yeah and see this is and this is really like a couple months before we had that class together and Nikki obviously if you listened earlier it's Chris's little brother and me and him actually got super close so five yes and uh, made videos together in a video multimedia class made some fun videos and uh, but and he was actually so I I like talked to him like shot the shit with him about that. But then when I first started writing this short that we're going to be working on, and it was a longer thing, yeah, I texted Nick. Nicky was a sophomore in high school then. I texted him about that and was like, dude, would you maybe be down for this? And and uh, so it's funny that you say that because there is something like, like Chris and his brothers, and I think that's kind of something me and Chris have in common too is we're super close to our brother. I only have uh, one brother. I've talk- uh, yeah, I've talked to my girlfriend about this. And she talks about the friendships that I have yeah. and how important they are. Like I said, I've talked to her about this and I've told her this, but the friendships that I have don't excite me or aren't as important to me as my relationships with my brother. Absolutely. And that's always been like, that's like something that's like always noticeable. It's like, uh, like me and Chris and both of our brothers were kind of joke around about it senior year, like when I was homies with Nikki. Uh, Chris would like joke around, be like, "Oh yeah, well, then you're gonna be my little brother." Then like, just yeah, because like, I yeah, like I would just randomly shoot the shit with yeah, Dakota. Exactly, but like, Chris has two brothers. I just have the one, but like, we are both insanely close with our brother. Like, I can are are Coda and Nikki the same age? Coda and Nikki are the same. Yeah, age. okay. I think that's why that yeah. joke was so honored. Exactly. Yeah, and uh, but yeah, we uh, that's something that like I really admire about Chris and his brothers is they like that family like. Or like they're super family oriented and their family, like their bond they have with their brothers is just super respectable. And I think 
and I'm going to re- watch that episode or listen to that episode with him and Nikki tomorrow, but you'll realize that if you listen to it. Oh, yeah. It's just a super genuine, genuine friendship. I honestly think you'll like the the answers because you asked about two or three questions. I think, yeah, I think I asked, yeah. So I just, I and think, I think you, and I think I was able to ask him so easily because I was like, well, what would you I know want? both of us. Well, and, and what would I want my brother to ask me? Like, what would be a good question for me and my brother to talk about? Because mm-hmm. it's so relatable. Yeah. And I think, um, the question that you asked, I think you'll enjoy the answers that Nikki and I both gave. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, like I have a super tight relationship with my brothers. Um, my older brother Jesse, like I said, my very first episode, or yeah. you brought it up earlier, my very first episode was him and his girl. And that one was fun too to listen to. That honestly, that was super fun to record. I'm not gonna lie, my very first couple episodes, I was I mean, I was fucking nervous. You yeah. know, this is like I was creating something out of the fucking blue. Like, did yeah. anyone really think about me, Chris? creating a podcast no no one did and i hope i have actually have consistent listeners yeah and what's nice is like i have a few more or less on uh apple podcast but i mean probably more or less the same to mirror that it would be the same on spotify and more or less to mirror that i have the same on soundcloud which honestly when it comes down to the fact, like I'm creating this for me, nah. because when it comes down to it, on my all my social medias, I think I mentioned this on the last episode with uh, my girlfriend, is that when it comes to social media, I post the content I create. Yeah. Yeah. I post my music, and I post my podcast. Yeah. But if you really want to find out who I am. Go to my podcast, listen, yeah. and I go deep as fuck yeah. in my podcast. But that's if you want to listen. Yeah, you don't have to listen if you don't want to. But I want y'all to know that I'm just as human as you are. It's genuine. Yeah, I feel just as much as you guys do. I am genuine just as much as you guys are. And I think so, that's what makes it relatable. Is like the first episode. It wasn't even you weren't interviewing. It was you, fuck, your no, brother, and his girlfriend us shooting just the shit. Chilling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think if, and like people might see, you know, oh man, this is kind of long. It's going to be hard for people to just give up that time right off the bat, not knowing who you are. Yeah. But yeah, if they'd give sure. one episode a listen, that's the thing is you, you really, you learn about somebody cause you get to hear your opinions about things and how you talk about things. Yeah. It makes you relatable. And then that way, then people will go onto your music or they'll go onto your podcast from listening to music. That's a great thing about kind of creating different, yeah, streams because I I thought shit. about it and I guess I'll kind of bring it up here, but it's not. This isn't me announcing it because I'm not officially doing it yet. I got some stuff I want to do first, of course. But a, something I really would want to do once I get a short out there. There's a couple things I want to do. I want to get a short out, the shorts out, kind of make a name or make a library for people to kind of see of mine. Then I'd like to do a YouTube channel after that kind of more in depth of like my life what i'm what i'm putting into the shoes just you know like yeah of course stuff like that because when it comes down to it it's not about um how much popularity you have it's about originally or the organic content that you're putting out how you can make yourself different yeah yeah, that it's coming from such an organic source yeah that it's personal because i think people there's too many people that are focused on 
money. They'll see, or and they'll see money one YouTuber, and views and all this. They'll bullshit. see one YouTuber and think, "Well, I need to be like him." But really, what made that person unique was they were different. Yeah, and that's like when I talk about like that collective. I think that's something new that like people, especially being from a small town, that's one way to make noise with it is people start noticing and they're like, this is a group of like, there's an animator, there's a guy that's doing this, there's this guy doing film, there's someone doing music. They're all, they're all literally like making their own studio quality stuff by helping each other. It's like they're, it's like they're from a main, like they're, it's like they're in LA working for the same label, same studio, but they're just in this collective. You know what I mean? And I yeah. think that's a way to stand out. And it's all about putting people. Yeah. Honestly, the the type of people that have the same motivation, if you put them in the same arena, yeah, they will help each other. Because like, for example, you and I, I make music, you make film. Yeah. If I help your film make music and you help my music make film yeah we can easily push each other up yeah that, and it's, it's only gonna help like what could it hurt you know what i mean they're the only way that if we were to be doing like a made major motion picture right now yeah maybe you know some cr- critic comes after the score or vice versa goes the score was incredible but the movie was absolute trash but at a stage like this there's absolutely no harm that can be done from it yeah so that's what i've really been because I don't know if you remember, a couple of years ago I announced I was going to be doing a YouTube and it was going to be talking about movies. And I think you commented on that. That was a, around the same time that Ty and I said that we wanted to start. And it's around the same YouTube time, video. right after then, that we start talking about that one short. Because yes. the first video I was going to do is around Christmas time. was going to be listing my favorite Christmas movies. I shot that whole video. But while I was shooting it, and especially while I was editing it, I realized that it was just like other movie like channels that I followed and I didn't want to be that. I that wasn't the main thing I wanted to be. That wasn't really I wasn't trying to match them and it just wasn't different enough. And so that's, that's why I kinda even if it takes a while, I think making your own voice is more more important when it comes to stuff like that. So I I literally edited most of the video and then I just trashed it. And it kind of sucked because I had already put out there that I was going to be releasing it. And I had asked people for their favorite Christmas movies. and But it just, at the end of the day, I could care less of whether or not people thought I flaked out on it. Because it, it just wasn't organic and it wasn't what I was comfortable releasing. Yeah, when it comes to materials that you're putting out, you 100 have to be okay with yeah. the content that you're putting out. Yeah. Like I've mentioned earlier, it's taken me a week to do a song or a month to do a song. But if I'm okay with it and I enjoy the content that I'm putting out, yeah. I'll put it out. And the nice thing about you having a podcast and two different, I mean, because you're under Crook and what was your item nine, right? Is there other? Yes, that's okay, my lo-fi. That's lo-fi. The nice thing about that is it's easy for you to stay consistent because even if you're not posting every day or I mean every week even as crook, you have a podcast episode coming out 
any or you have a item nine track coming out yeah what's nice about having so many different projects is that like so say if with chris the crook yeah. i'm making dubstep yeah right if one day i'm just not in the mood or not motivated to make dubstep i can always make hip-hop yeah for you know yeah. honestly just for the fuck of it just for fun. and maybe i run into producers who want to make hip-hop yeah. so i can hit them up if i'm not in the mood for that i can make lo-fi and lo-fi is honestly for the fuck of it because yeah. like i mentioned in the episode with nikki when i make hip-hop i make hip-hop to make myself feel sad yeah mainly because i don't feel sad that much yeah. so i make myself feel that type of when you do lo-fi energy. You're low fire, right? Yeah. Okay. In item nine. What was the track you, you how many do you just have one track on I have item two nine? out. What was I have one called Literal Angel okay. and the second one called If This Is a, if you think this is about you, I listen to it that is. One. Yeah. I really yeah. like that one. And what I like about that is like I want everyone to try and listen to those songs and relate to them. Because with dubstep is such a um particular sound that not everyone can listen to. Yeah. But with lo-fi, what I mean by literal angel is that when in the depth with the episode with Nikki, is that like everyone has like a specific sound that for some reason they can't match, yeah. but there's one thing that matches them yeah. to that sound. Listen to that sound and feel that sound yeah. because that's a one sound that can make you feel that specific way. Right. You don't have to be attached to it. You don't have to go back to it so often. But there's specific emotions and feelings that a certain sound will bring to you. Like, it's not bad to listen to those sounds, but it doesn't hurt to go back and listen to them, right? Yeah. And with a song, If You Think This Is About You, it is. I'm kind of putting out with that, is that like, yeah, that sound that I referenced in the first song Yes, that's about you, but at, on with the second song, it's like I'm also over here. Yeah. Like I reference it, but it's not my life. Yeah. Like you were that part, but you're not anymore. Yeah. Which is the part, which is the song title. If you think this is about you, which is the first song, yeah. it is, but now this is my life. And see, and, and I mean, just listen to that because, um, Cause that description there, it's it doesn't take. I mean, any, not anybody obviously, but can put beats together and can put something that you can hear. Mm-hmm. But listening to it and you can take so much out of a song, like oh, I think it means this, or I kind of felt this. Yeah. But you listen to what the artist put into it. That's what makes it an art. Is they yeah. express themselves that way. They weren't just like oh, this sounds good. This sounds good. Yeah. Which a lot of people do, but it's taking that how it feels it's symbolism it's the same thing in like film it's like i'm doing this shot to kind of feel or it's like it's all metaphor as well like if i do something in a film someone escaping something it's Mm -hmm. very easily like that's me escaping that hamster wheel of you know what i mean it's just like you were saying they tie it to whatever it is in their life you gotta make that they felt that feeling they'll tie it to that yeah which is what I tried to do with Literal Angel. Yeah. Is that everyone had that feeling uh-huh. or that thing that made them feel that one thing. Yeah. But with the second song, if you think this is about you, it is. Yeah. 
it made them think, okay, yeah, this feeling is about you, but the next one is what I felt past you. Yeah. The second song is we're moving on. We're fucking flying to the fucking sky. We're ready for what's next. Thank you for the past yeah. lesson. You know, the past feelings. Yeah. What you helped me through. But the second song is we're ready for what's yeah. next. And I am 100% ready for what's next. Tierra, I fucking love you. I'm going <laughs> to throw that out there. You're fucking awesome. Oh, yeah. Shouts to Chris's girlfriend. Yo, I haven't even met yo, her yet, yo. but they look... I always, I always tell my mom, bro, like this, this shit's dope. Like you, like good for you. You know what I mean? Dog, I fucking love her. I've never met someone so nice, so genuine that if at any point I ever hurt her, I feel so fucking sick. It's to a my good feeling. Stomach. Yeah, it hurts. It could be the tiniest, minuscule amount of hurting her, or it could be the biggest thing because yeah. I'm. I'll throw it out there. Fuck yeah. it. I'm not the perfect boyfriend. Yeah. You know? But if I make her one millisecond happy or if I make her a fucking hour of happiness, whatever yeah. it is, Tierra, I appreciate you and I fucking love you. And I'm so happy you've stuck with me. And I'm so happy you're easy to deal with with yeah. through all the bullshit, no matter what it is. I fucking love you, and I'm so happy I'm with you. And that's you. the thing is, like, you know, I mean, the good thing, like, I say this, I'll explain it like this. The good thing about love is, like, you love someone if you're arguing. This is this can be, this is literal and a metaphor. You're arguing, and they sneeze, and you're still going to say bless you, even though you guys are fucking mad at you're each You're fucking pissed, you know but what I you're mean? still going to say. It's a dope feeling, you know what I mean? But yeah, you could be yelling at each other, pissed off about the dumbest thing. They sneeze. You're like, oh, bless you. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. You're mad about it. Excuse but, you. But going back, but going back to that, I don't think you. I mean, if you're an artist, if you sound crazy as hell explaining your art like you just did, one hundred percent. Because man. and that's the thing is, I have found a couple years ago there was this kid I found on Twitter. And I'm not going to name names at all or anything. He made these short films. I watched them because I'm like, oh, I want to see what this is about. And they were so terrible, not because they were a bad movie, because I could tell from the beginning what he was trying to do, who he was trying to be. Yeah, of and course. that was he was trying to be a he was he was forcing good dialogue, trying to be something like maybe like a Quentin Tarantino, where Quentin Tarantino masters dialogue. But it feels so natural, even though it's like, damn, like they're talking about some crazy shit. Yeah. This kid was forcing it where it's like, man, they seem like they're talking about something they don't even know about. And what you did in those two item nine song- songs you're talking about is express that emotion of how it feels to be in love with somebody, how it feels to think someone is a literal angel, and how it feels to move on. And what I did in, what I feel I did in even wedding films was put that emotion of not not only how it felt to watch this bride and groom get married or this daughter and father dance yeah how it felt to actually be that you know and through stuff that i've heard about people watching it is i got that i got that feeling through yeah but really i mean that's what it is really going to be with this short like this this short that i've been working on for so long i'm not just doing it 
to make pretty shots and to do, you know, good jump scares. I want to do that, but I want the main thing to, even to the smallest detail, I want it to feel to the, for the viewer to remember how it feels to, oh, be in, be in your bedroom, you know, and just relaxing and even the smallest, the smallest sound can scare you. You're home alone. You know what I mean? Yeah. I want people to relate to that. The short that I want to work on later on, I want people to relate to how it felt to just drive around and vibe with somebody in your car. Just vibing when you're first getting to know someone, when you know that cool stage of just, we're just hanging out. I, it's never That's been about feeling. It's never been about just getting the right shots. Uh-huh. A lot of what I've been learning in the meantime from first coming up with the idea and now to finally going into production has ta- helped it to where, yeah, I'm going to get some sick shots. I'm going to make it look good. But the main thing is that feeling of, I'm kind of fucking scared right now. The best part about that feeling yeah. is you can take it from the creation side, yeah. whether it be your film yeah. or my music production. And make it personal. Dude, you can carry that into your relationship. Exactly. Because really. when it when it comes down to myself and my relationship, my girl is so fucking open-eared yeah. that she, okay, she doesn't, when it comes to music production, she doesn't make it like the music I make, yeah. right? But when I start to talk about it, she will 100% listen, listen. to what I'm saying. Yeah. Whether it goes out one ear or out the other, it's just the fact that of her appre- appreciation yeah. of me talking about my passion yeah. and the fact that she will show attention. Well, that's it, a, yeah. it just makes me so happy. That's like, the perfect, yeah. I think I keep, like, as of late, like, within the past, like, maybe 10 minutes, I refer to my relationship, but that's only because my relationship with it's my important. girl is so fucking good. Yeah. And so fucking and that's awesome, tight. Man. Brag all you want. Fuck I you. will fucking brag and brag about it because my girl is the fucking dopest sickest girl i've ever fucking met whether it be friend or girlfriend and honestly if we were not together and she supported me as a friend yeah as she does right now i would still love her just as much just because she's so fucking dope and that's the best thing that's like been the great thing about like being able to build you know from starting to date joe when we was 17 to now 22 have a house you know two animals together y'all been together for a fat old man yeah for real and the cool thing about it is still like when we go to if we go to like a brother speed thing and i get it she gets to be around you know this extended family of mine there's nobody i feel so proud to have her to bring her you know that's the girl i bring there and like everybody just loves her and you get that proud feeling of like damn like i get to bring that here you know or when she's around your family but the cool thing is is like she's willing to a lot of times when I don't want to listen to music, mm-hmm. I'll be on a drive and I'm like, hey, I want to finish this interview I was listening to or I was watching this behind the scenes. We sat and watched the freaking making of the making of documentary for the last Star Wars movie the other day. And she sat and watched it with me and was like, whoa, that was cool. Did you see what they just did? Like how they did that shot, you know? And that's like, that's the best feeling because it's yeah. like, damn, like. She's thoroughly interested in what you're like, interested when you, you know, in. When you make a movie, can you like, like, 
throw my name in there like you know nonchalantly because it's like she has that faith you know what i mean and that's that's the best feeling like for real it's really nice Shout, shouts to the good girlfriends out there giovanni Dog, Tia, what's tiara cool tiara, is that your girlfriend's name tiara tiara shouts to tiara and shouts yo, to giovanni i know and i don't know you can say what you want about this but i know i disrespect you in some ways and i apologize me too just because yeah <laughs> just because Yo, we know y'all deserve the world, and sometimes we fuck up. And what are we going to do? We're human. But in the end, we fucking love you. Yep. And like I said, Tierra, I'm sorry if I disrespect you or hurt you in any way, but I fucking love we, you. Because we know we do. Doc, you know we do. <laughs> we're and guys we're and we're saying, human. <laughs> We're guys, and it's literally this whole podcast has literally been you and me just talking back and forth to each other. Yeah. And that's what I love about this podcast is when I record it with someone, I never aim for it to be for a certain question. We're speaking yeah. to someone. Yeah. We're always speaking to each other. Yeah. Whether if we talk about third person, we're still speaking to each we're other. We're just having a conversation. Yeah. But. Yo, our girls, big shout out to them because they're big supporters. Yeah. Not for specifically what we're doing right now, yeah. but in our dreams and, and long goals. term, they're just there for the ride. They're going to ride along. That's what, yeah, exactly. It's crazy. Honestly, I will say this right now a girl's love means way more than a guy's love. Oh, yeah. Dude, a guy's love is fucking bullshit. Yeah. Shout out all guys, but fuck them because we're dicks. Yeah. We're dicks. Okay. And a girl's love is nine out of 10 times in my experience. Pure. Yeah. And so, that's in my. They're a little cheerleader. Y'all may be able to say something different, but in my experience, a girl's love is nine out of 10 times pure. So shout out girls, shout out Tierra, and shout out Joe. Yeah. But me. thank you all for supporting us and storm dog thank you for supporting me 100 percent. thank you bro this has been such a good fucking episode and i can't wait for the future that we have for each other oh yeah me helping you with your films and your all the best got all the faith in you your films helping me out with my music no matter what storm every episode i end with one thing what do you want the listeners to remember you by or what's one piece of advice you want to give them piece of advice i would give for sure is not getting caught up in that hamster wheel per se of uh something that you think you're you're doing what you love but it's not gonna take you where you want to be don't get off don't get off course doing something that is helping you with your skill Mm -hmm. but not what you love um, it's not not getting you to your end game. Uh, that's my piece of advice: is just stick. Even if you're not getting money for it, even if you're not, you know, getting noticed right now. Yeah. Keep your end game in mind. Um, and what I'd want to be remembered by, I don't know. Just being, I'm just trying to be real with all of it. I want everything to be an expression of who I am. Um, and you want make you, everything to be tied to you. Yeah, I want it to be, even if it's not you know about me or tied to me personally i wanted you guys to feel hopefully the emotion that i had in mind making it of course of course 
I think when it comes down to you, Storm, you've always been so fucking genuine and so fucking real. And what I enjoy about you is that you want to create content. You want to create and build something from scratch that lasts. And I love that. And I think I really see myself in a lot of that is when it comes to music. Exactly. And it's all about creating shit. Like I said in the episode with Tierra, I think maybe even Nikki, is if you want any help and any expertise that I can help you with, let me know. If you want to create music, let me know. I'll help you as much as I can. Absolutely. If you want to create a podcast, let me know. I'll help you as much as I can. Which, which disclaimer, is actually what I was going to kind of talk about earlier with having different revenues of doing the shorts, then doing a YouTube. What I would really like to do eventually after I have some shorts under my belt and stuff for me to actually, you know, claim as my own. Yeah. I would love to bring Dreamer Circle back, not as a company, but as a podcast kind of setting. Yeah. Interviewing different dreamers. That'd be I want awesome. to talk to people starting yeah, yeah, yeah. starting their businesses, starting, you know, starting their career, their passion. Podcast, music, whatever it is. Exactly. Creations. I want to talk to people about how it felt taking that leap from a belief to their action, you know, mm-hmm. making their dreams come true. That would really, and I, even the dreamer circle name, but I want to kind yeah. of bring that back as just a conversation. Yeah. One thing I pointed out with the episode with Nikki or, or with Tierra okay. is the fact that if you want to create, create. Yeah. If you think is, if you think this is a competition, yeah. Get that thought out of your fucking 100%. mind. If you need help, hit us up. 100%. Storm. If you want help with film, hit Storm up. No 100%. matter what it is. 100%. I know Storm personally since I was fucking like eight or nine. Eight or nine years old. Since the day I met him and since the day we're recording this, this motherfucker's down to help you when it comes to film. Absolutely. When it comes to a podcast or music, whatever it is, hit me up. I am down to help you because one thing's for sure, life isn't a competition. Life varies from person to person. As long as you feel accomplished and you feel good, yeah, you're successful in your life. And that's something that coaching really like brought to me too. Is like yeah, sports or whatever it is. Yeah, is I I enjoyed. I think I enjoy coaching like so many more times than I enjoyed actually competing. Is it just been that? Yeah, like since I started this podcast, like like I mentioned earlier, I'm not an influencer, no. but if I, I, I like do, the term, yeah, yeah, I hate that term. Yeah. Honestly, in fucking Instagram, I think you can actually put down influencer. I fucking hate that word yeah. so much. It's terrible. So much. I'm gonna cut. I'm gonna call myself. Hmm. And I think the people that really influence others hate that term as well. Hmm. Inspirationer, <laughs> bro. That word is just as bad, man. Fuck off, Chris. Anyways, if you want to learn to podcast or make music, hit me up. I will help you as much as I can because, like I said, this isn't a competition. We're literally just trying to live our lives and make ourselves happy it's as a group, much as we group can. Group marathon. 
group marathon. We're all in this to win yeah. it. So let's win it together. Absolutely. So if you need help with podcast or music production, hit me up. I'll help you as much as I can. Storm, when it comes to filmmaking, he'll hit Storm up. Yeah. He'll just help chasing you. the dream. Anything. Dog, it's just about chasing dreams, chasing happiness, whatever it is. If Storm can help you, hit Storm up because, like I said, I've known Storm for the longest time. If he can help you, he will. And let that be my last note too. Is shoutouts to Chris for even since those baseball days. Before, I mean, music side, film aside, just being an all right, genuine dude. That's what me and Chris. That's why we've always clicked, no matter what, because it's just being that genuine person that I think me and Chris both strive to be. And that's why I don't think me and Chris have hung out since partying at my apartment. Really, fucking a. But in, in that's Pocatello. Three years ago. Exactly. And being able to just sit down like this and have a conversation for hours. Hours. That's the thing. So shouts to Chris. Check out the podcast. Check out his music. Check out Crook. Check out Item 9. Check out Crook's Lair. Check out everything. And don't fucking rate my shit one star. Yeah, that's some bullshit. You're just if, a hater because you don't. You did not experience it. You didn't even listen to it. You're just a hater. If you're a hater, that's fine. Turn just off the scrolling. podcast and listen to something else. Yeah. The only reason you're rating me one star is because you dislike me. And if you dislike me, hit me up. We can work that out. Then you're full of shit. It has nothing to do with my podcast. <laughs> it's the fact that you don't like me. And like Storm said, you're full of shit. Yeah. So if you rated my podcast one star, that's fine. Hit me up. We'll talk about it. Yeah. You and I will settle about it this has nothing to do with my podcast yeah if people you that don't like, like the podcast me, or people that want to just listen to somebody even if they don't know you like i said in my review my five star review five star motherfucker it's people that just want to sit and listen to people shoot shit and feel like they're listening to a homie or if they do know you they are listening to a homie so it's just it's just listening to that genuine person that chris is that's my last note. Um, thank you, Chris. Thank you, Storm. I appreciate you, brother. I'm so I excited to do this you. and to work with you in the future. Doc, I'm so hyped that we finally recorded this episode because truthfully, the wait. we've been trying to record this episode for a month. A month, yeah. And now we finally got it. So shout out, Storm. Shout out, Dreamer Circle, honestly, because truthfully, when it came down to the nitty gritty, yeah. Would you and your motivation be anything without no. Dreamer Circle? No. It and lifted even, it. And the idea of Dreamer Circle is still something that I hold close to me. It's helping people achieve their dreams. It's just a passion of mine. That that sentence, helping people achieve their dreams. So, guys, if you need help and I can help you with achieving your dreams, let me know. If Storm can help you with achieving your dreams, let him know because we're a small community. We're a small demographic. So if we can help you in any way, let us know we're just as human as you are and we are trying to help humanity as much as you are. Hit us up. Oh, Storm, yeah. thank you for joining me. Thank you, bro. Crooks Criminals, Crooks Lair, Crooks Motherfucking Cheese. 
Thanks for tuning in to another episode. You guys stay safe. I love you all.